I read all the scripts and then go see the movies, which is like really cool. Even I just get scripts like uh, the my is Quentin Car uh, Tar Tar Quentin. I don't know how to say his last name. Quentin Tartag, uh, the one who did Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Yeah. And he's got he's got another script coming called True Romance. Oh yeah. Real. This guy's a brilliant writer. Quentin Tartan. Say, I know it's long. Quentin Tartania, Tartanio, something like that. I uh, sent you that text that said I'm driving or whatever. Oh, let me... Smed. When I was on my way over here. Okay, I just got it. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. That's that was my 14 minutes ago. Right. That's my first ever uh, Siri text. Oh. Yeah. You said... Uh, yeah. Tell, tell Nate that I'm driving over. Yeah. And she seemed like she did okay. She did a good job. Yeah. It seems like... I... I I pull, I was leaving. Mm -hmm. I was like, I should been trying to be a, a little more cognizant of at least letting you know, like, hey, I'm on my right. way. Yeah. As opposed to like, what the fuck? Maybe he's dead. There's, for a, real there's this always time. like a 45 minute window. I, right. I never know when you're going to show up. Right. I was like, should I stop doing chores and just wait for him, or should I just go through and keep yeah. doing what I got going on right now? I've tried to be at least more mindful of like, hey. Yeah. I'm at least leaving now. That's, that's helping yeah. me. That's yeah. helping me for sure. It's not like, yeah. oh, let me cut a workout short or something right. to podcast and then it doesn't happen. And then I'm like, well, I could have been 60% less of a scumbag in the last hour. Right. But this time I was in the car and I was like, I didn't text. Oh, no. Hey, I can just pull my phone out. Mm -hmm. I had the gloves on, oh, you know, so I couldn't sure. text. And I was like, I had the cool leathers. The cool driving leathers. Oh, I thought you, those were fingerless, aren't, aren't they? Oh, no, no. Oh, wow. Those are cool. I always pictured you driving in fingerless gloves. No, these are cool bad boy motorcycle with the hole and everything, but they're full glove. Yeah. Oh, wow. I like to roll up the, the bottoms of them. Makes mm -hmm. them look real tough. Yeah, I bet you'd look pretty tough like lighting a match with those things Oh, fuck on. yeah. yeah that'd fuck be, yeah. That'd be a cool thing to look at. But yeah, so I like hit the Siri button. I was like, hey, Siri, text Nate. And I was like... Is it going to get that, or is it going to try to give me your real name? Because what, yeah. what a crazy yeah. world we're it, living in. It figured it out. And then it was like, do you want me to send it? And I was like, yeah, send it. This seems like the beginning of some crazy sitcom episode where like it mishears you and like texts yeah, one of your ex-girlfriends. And then the, your wife is like, well, what is this in your phone, sir? Are you looking at my brain? you got a lot of explaining. Are you looking at my brain right now? Because yeah. like... That's been my whole... I ain't trusting no AI to that's do my why, texting. Exactly. That's why I ain't wearing a watch. Mm. That's why I'm not, you know, asking the phone to do things for me. You'd probably be weighed down if you had a watch on and that uh, ankle bracelet. Yeah, that The right? telling you to wear. One or the other, oh, man. Yeah. Exactly. One or the it's other. It's going to throw off your balance already. And yeah. You're kind of CTE vertigo already right now. I used to say I'd rather be judged by 12 and cared by 6. You feel me? But these days... Mm, yeah. You still got that tattooed mm. on you. It's not your motto anymore. Ah, thinking about getting half of it lasered. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of lasers, pew, pew, Ooh, pew. Yeah. it's baby oil and blow. Oh, yeah, it is. So, spock them up, dorks. Here it comes. 
That's our Nanu Nanu. Spock them up, dorks. Here it comes. Nanu Nanu. People wear that on a shirt. Psych. Early April Fools. It's it's still yeah, your classic action palooza. We're not Magooza. Yeah, we're not close to April yet. Yakuza. Yeah, I, that was a mini panic in my head. Kicking necks, writing checks. How deep into this year are we? Um, man, I have no idea. I saw no, something I that was February. referenced as being seven years ago. And oh, I was like, God. that in my mind happened six months ago. They say that, you know, it, it gets shorter and shorter. Yeah. The older you get, life. Yeah. But man, with this two years of the world going crazy, right. it's, it's, it's it's still just all lost time. It still feels like it's 2019 to me yeah. in my brain. I don't know where anything lives anymore. 2022 is a nice, like, solid in the future sounding, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, date, too. It feels like a flying car date and... And Man, it, we and are no year, no closer. No year has felt like Texting bigger with dated Siri, shit. Yeah, just be damned. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is not feeling like the future, other than in, in our texting game. Well, after that uplifting intro, I'm one half of your host. Oh. I am Matt. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. With me, as always, mm-hmm. uh, you are the who's the guy that created Apple? Alexa. Alexa to my Siri, you All are right. Nate Adams. Ahoy, ahoy, oh no, everybody. I'm sorry. You are the Professor Bingbox oh, yeah. to my <laughs> Siri. You are Nate Adams. That's what, that's what it would be if uh, my personality was one of those like always listening uh, speakers. You'd have to say my catchphrase, ahoy, yeah. ahoy, in order to get it to start like listening. Then you can be like, uh, text Matt and tell him that uh, I have the drugs he ordered. And yeah. Then, and then your life enters a spiral, and that gets sent to the police station oh. accidentally. Because <laughs> your your service absence oh, straight terrible. ass straight ass snitch straight up does not work. A do a, not care. Just a straight snitch. It's, just doesn't care. It'll stab you in the back. What are you gonna do? I live in the fucking internet. Come find me. There's actually a guarantee that comes on the box. Like uh, we will be selling yeah. any information we can get about you through do, this yeah. immediately to the lowest bidder. Yeah, we're just trying to get. We're just trying to. Quick churn this stuff. Yeah. We're not even trying to make a huge profit on it. Do you know what the dark web is? Because you're about to. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> uh, yeah, I guess we we went through the intro there. That was good. I guess, yeah, we were yeah. trucking along we right said here. Who yeah, we we said who we are. Said who we are. You know who the fuck we are. <laughs> that's my new intro. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You like that one? Yeah. You know who the fuck this Look is. Look around. Look, Look around, around on slap ding. nuts. We're fucking everywhere. Is your girlfriend not in the room? That's right. You don't have one. You fucking loser. You make me sick. Clean your fucking room. I've looked at the uh yeah, the, the you know, the, the demographics of who's listening right. to this podcast. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of pissed off girlfriends. You can see the little chart. Is it? Yeah, all the pissed off girlfriends who have to like secondhand listen to it. It's it's substantial in those pie charts oh. right there. I don't know how they uh are able to, you know, know about all that i guess these people must have alexis or something yeah they're always always listening to the arguments going on in in these apartments i think everybody needs a little of this right now i'm gonna go ahead and do it pull up your timer give me 30 seconds oh okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna talk uh, down to our listeners like their dad right for 30 seconds that timer? yeah yeah no that's just, an alarm that's, you could ask uh, siri to do it you say first. set timer for 30 seconds can you mm-hmm. wow yeah i guess i've done that when i'm cooking yeah oh i guess i do use it for grilling never for the texting yeah, that's true. i don't trust I don't it my mom yeah. always tries to use it for the texting yeah. and they just come to me as gibberish yeah. and i'm like mm, yeah. i don't know what that's supposed that's to that's why i sent you that real basic dad text of driving now all right we're gonna start the 30 Ready? seconds right now what are you doing with your life oh get up off your couch mm. turn off those video games 
Clean your room, damn it. Yeah. You doing your own laundry? When are you going to find a woman? Oh. Not that made-up internet girlfriend, a real woman. You make me sick. She's my waifu. I'm glad your mother isn't alive to see this. Oh, well, that one hits pretty close to home. I still got time on Six the clock. seconds. Oh, wow. Uh, you're a failure. You're a failure. I hate you. I love you. Good luck. All right. There we go. That's the 30 seconds right there. Yeah. I hope that was therapeutic, at least for you, maybe. Uh, for somebody. Yeah. So uh, we, we have been talking about uh, the new year all uh, all month long because uh-huh. we're doing our thing. New year, oldest profession, where we're, yeah. we're talking about movies that uh, I'm giving new sex workers. Pep talks yeah, here, man. It's good to Care keep, keep these things going because I think what's, what's the stats on those? They usually last like two, three weeks and then everybody is uh, back to their normal scumbag behavior. Generally. No, I'm going to give, I'm peop, keeping people accountable yeah, right. this year with dad been talks. I've doing real good with my, people have been doing dry January. Right. I've been trying to do a no blackout January. We're like, yeah. uh, I'm making an effort to like turn down shots that people try to send to me at bars nice. and whatnot so that I can like, I don't know, have like maybe some foggy memories of uh, what memories. I've been doing yeah, day to day. And uh, I can only think of one solid day where I uh, totally blacked out and then woke up the next day and was just like, oh, how am I in my bed? Like, oh, what time is it? What day is it? Et cetera, et cetera. The normal thoughts uh, people are. Yeah, I'd call that a wild success. Yeah, so they'd say I've cut my drinking maybe in half over the last like uh, three weeks. So you want to know for sure? Definitely been check the bank account. Counting those calories though, and uh, oh. just uh, filling that void with just like unadulterated trash I've been putting oh. in my mouth, food wise. So anything good? No, no, not not anything good at all. Just like random trash, like uh, snacks laying around at work, or like Ooh, uh, I'm just gonna go through a drive-through because I don't feel like yeah. Uh, what drive-throughs we hitting? Yeah, you fucking. I think I uh, got like a cheeseburger uh i got like a wendy's and then i got okay. like a, a mcdonald's breakfast one day i think Ooh, like i'm just doing a lot yeah. of trash stuff just like a random snickers bar if you, oh. if you go to like the gas station stuff like that been getting a lot of a lot of indigestion yeah i've got some now yeah and i'm just thinking back to like that whole like three-year period where i just ate completely clean and uh-huh. like didn't even think about it i just did it and yeah. like, didn't care and now i'm just like what the fuck is switched now to where i'm like fucking like just putting trash in my mouth and I can't stop doing it because it's become some sort of compulsion out of nowhere. I don't know. It's Convenience. We're rejiggering this thing. You, you yeah. knock one thing out, then it knocks the other thing too far in the yeah. other direction. Ooh, we're going to get to an even, Steven, because yeah. I don't know. I'm also thinking a lot about long COVID. Uh-huh. I don't know. I keep hearing people say that. Yeah. I've never had any COVID symptoms, but right. boy, do I feel just fatigued and uh, just, yeah. just like awful all day, every day. I think that might just be depression. No, no, no. I know what that feels like because oh, yeah. it's January yeah. and it's been going on since like November like that it usually does. You just feel sucked out. Yeah. I'll be like laying around in bed all day because there's no reason to move and I'm just staring at the ceiling. Right. This year, it's like I'm laying around in bed all day and I keep falling asleep and getting extra sleep. And I'm like... No one likes a bragger. I can't fall asleep ever. Like, I'm still exhausted after just like napping until like three in the afternoon. What is that? What's that. long COVID? Have the you been to that? Haulers is that COVID? a thing? Did it I is. No, it have is. like symptomless COVID at one point, and now it's just like long haulers. Creepily, yeah, just like it. it's yeah. just like 
inside of my body yeah. doing stuff still. Right. I'm triple vaxxed. You should have knocked that shit out, right? You would think. What's the science on this? Triple vax and double waxed. It's Baby Island Blow. <laughs> uh, we'll get into our cool. uh, movie Intro of two. the week now because uh, there's a lot to say about this movie, I think. Uh, this is our final uh, movie of the New Year. It is. Profession month. It's uh, getting to the rundown here. Okay. Rundown is going to be brought to us by, uh, speaking of snacks, it's going to be Yoohoo right here because oh. Yoohoo appears in this movie and... There's this thing I do like every 10 years or something where mm-hmm. somehow I randomly like see a Yoohoo somewhere and I'm like, man, I haven't had a Yoohoo in forever, but that's fucking awesome. I should get a Yoohoo. Yeah. You know, I like track down whatever gas station that's so well stocked. They still carry Yoohoo in like uh, this century. Yeah. And I get one and I'm like, well, this is fucking stupid. Mm. Why do I do this like every 10 years? Who wants a chocolate soda? This is garbage. It's not quite a soda. It's not quite chocolate milk. It's just dumb garbage. Yeah. So, uh, buy Yoohoo. I, uh, last time I had a Yoohoo mm-hmm. was 1997. Wow. Was it the... Watching the Nice Guys didn't even get you there? Because the last time I did was when the Nice Guys came out. Oh, uh, there's more to it. There's that scene where he's carrying around that case of Yoohoo. I was like, I need some Yoohoo. I was at, uh, the Warp Tour, mm-hmm. and this was mm-hmm. before... Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was, uh, before it was at the World Music Theater, and they used to have it at the or the uh, United Center parking lot. That sounds much worse. Yeah, so it was just 100 degrees on blacktop yeah, on asphalt right with there. a bunch of like gutter punks. Mm-hmm. The smell was, oh, you know... I can't even imagine. Uh, the only thing the I part can of describe... Town smell the best already. It, it was similar to that of being in the jail, but this was open air. I don't know right, how that uh-huh. smell yeah, contained. Uh-huh. And then it was 97, so people didn't believe in like handing out free water. People didn't even drink bottled water. No, yet. yeah, that's and, probably uh, they were confiscating yeah. water at the gates. They were just there was like a YooHoo machine. Dump out that water. We're selling yeah. you YooHoo. They're they're giving out like free Warped little tour brought to you free by little YooHoo. cups of YooHoo and those little styrofoam saucer candies yeah. from the 1940s. Nate, it was terrible. Yeah, that stuff. We're beyond YooHoo. I don't know who's still stocking that shit. Yeah. I don't know. But. Uh, the rundown is of 1993's True Romance. Oh. This is a movie with a runtime of 118 minutes. Getting close to two hours there. Uh, budget of this film, $12.5 million. Oh. Gross of this film. I've seen uh, conflicting reports. Uh-oh. Either 12.3 or 12.6 million. <laughs> Either way, that's, that's not a success no. financially. For some reason, uh, people did not want to go see this movie back mm. in 1993. Mm. Some uh, say it led somebody to jump off a bridge. Mm, wow. Uh, a few years later, let's be fair. That it was, was on his mind. Probably the fan that uh, was really oh. eating away at our, under our mm. skin. That one was boring. That's sad. He got De Niro and he made a boring movie with him. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. 93% here, so uh, the, the, critically it was uh, pretty well received here. Cinema score, a B-, minus. so mm. normal folk coming around to it. I think this has become a cult hit I over, was gonna uh, say. over the years. Probably made its money back in quite a bit more on uh, VHS and uh, oh, yeah. DVD rentals. Is it DVD. Director of the film is the aforementioned Tony Scott, who you just seem to have it in for. You love making Tony Scott killed himself jokes for some yeah. reason. I don't know. What did this guy ever do to us other than give us great films like The Last Boy Scout, Days of Thunder, Top Gun, uh-huh. Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh-huh. Crimson Tide. Oh. I don't know. Probably a handful of more. He made a lot of movies yeah. before he made Domino and then had to throw himself off that bridge. Domino. The movie was unwatchable. Oh. Who edited that thing? 
Oh, Tony God. Scott he couldn't have been in the editing room on that one. Oh, Jesus. We don't always talk about the writer, but when uh, something is... is the, 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 uh, uh, A guy this big of a name and who puts his this uh, strong of a thumbprint on his movies is writing it. We got to bring it up. Quentin Tarantino. What? Credited writer of the script he here. He wrote True this? Romance. He's uh, also the writer of things like From Dusk Till Dawn and Natural Born Killers, mm, as well as uh, all the movies he directed, which I think there's 11 of them at this point. I don't know. They always say in his trailers, like, the ninth movie from Quentin Tarantino, who's an egomaniac. That no one really gives a fuck. Uh, I've heard him describe this uh, screenplay as being his most personal and most autobiographical, which is just hilariously diluted. Yeah. Just hilariously diluted. Yeah. This is, your life doesn't look anything like this, no. Tarantino. Give me a break. What a piece of shit. Uh, let's get into the stars of this movie, Matt. Okay. Because this is... Maybe this is who we want to the talk biggest about. cast we've uh, ever had Assembled to tackle. This, this fucking this, the whole history of this podcast. We put this, this is quite team the ensemble together by ourselves. Uh, strangely enough, when I'm talking about what a uh, star-studded ensemble it is, the star of this film is yes. Christian Slater. <gasps> That's another thing that happened a lot. He's playing Clarence Worley, <sighs> uh, typical Christian Slater type character scumbag. Yeah. Uh, he covered up the death of a hooker in Very Bad Things, an okay. underrated movie from the late 90s that I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, he was an awesome skateboarder in Gleaming the Cube he when sure he was, was young. He played wannabe outlaws in both Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Young Guns, too. Um, two <laughs> Will two great just pieces of 90s cinema right there. Uh, he was one of the great cinema te- detectives in Cuffs, which I know yes. we're going to have to tackle That's, one of these days. It's yeah. a fine film. When we do uh, Mila Jovovich... November oh, or whatever. Jovovich-tember. Uh, Jovovanuary. <laughs> he played the character Jody Tolliver in season one, episode nine of Tales from the Dark Side. Oh. Or a uh, little compilation. Horror. Sort of a anthology. An anthology. Uh, Case of the Stubborns is the name of that episode. It's where Jody and his mom are grief-stricken by the passing away of Jody's grandfather, but they soon find themselves with a lot more to be upset about when he gets determined not to stay dead. Mom. Sounds very scary. Mom, I can't believe. Grandpa's dead. Patricia Arquette is our female lead of this film, playing the character Alabama. I wrote down Whitman here, but she says like Whirl Whirly in the um, in the movie. They're Got married. Some, some bad information Whirly. somewhere on the uh, on the uh, IMDb. There, uh, she's a whore. She's a whore. You remember her, of course, from playing Kristen in Dream Warriors before they had to recast her in uh, mm. the fourth one because she got kind of famous. Uh, she was Ed Wood's girlfriend in the movie Ed Wood, which is by far the greatest uh, film of that idiot's career. Um, not Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp or the, uh, uh, Tim Burton? <laughs> Tim Burton. Just clarify, please. She may be the best of Johnny Depp's career as well, but I'd have to okay. think about that for a few more seconds Much. than I did mm, Tim Burton. I guess. Tink. Both idiots, though. You're, you're very, very yeah. correct. Uh, probably her biggest role, uh, probably the apex of his, her career, I'd say, was when she played the character Valerie in Little Nicky. <sighs> I know you're a big fan of. <laughs> you seem very disappointed. Never what did seen, you want to bring up? Never seen Passion of the Christ, but I've seen Stigmata twice. You feel me? Is that that? Oh, she was in Stigmata. She in that one? I don't know. I don't know. Never seen Stigmata. <laughs> I've seen it twice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, keeping with our horror anthology theme, she was Mary Jo on season two, episode nine of Tales from the Crypt. Mary Jo. Four-sided triangle. Uh, tag, uh, episode plot. Yeah, she was in Stigmata. 
Farmer George is attracted to Mary Jo, the nubile young woman who helps out with the chores. The problem is, she's in love with a scarecrow. She's in love with the stripper. Gary Oldman is an actor, Matt. Yeah. uh, Well-respected thespian. He's that uh, dandy in uh, the the fifth element. Uh, Yeah, that's right. He's uh, playing Drexel Spivey in this movie, a pimp with white guy dreads. He was, yeah. yeah, in the fifth element, he leaking goo out of his head. He was Sid Vicious and Sid and Nancy. I saw that too. He was Dracula and Dracula. Is that goo coming out of his head? Some kind in of goo. Sixth, know, fifth element? Yeah, it's like sixth, the Ultimate Warrior when he got that curse put on him by Papa Shango. It's the same kind of goo. I'm trusting you. From what I remember. Okay. Uh, he also played the devil in, uh, speaking of little Nicky and the devil, mm. he played the devil in the GNR uh, Since I Don't Have You video, which Ooh. that's a pretty big credit right there. Ooh. Also, he uh, tried to kill a little girl and shouted, uh, everyone, in the movie Leon. Did he succeed? No, she survived that movie. Spoiler alert. She went on to be the uh, Black Swan later on. She went on to uh, fuck Hesher. I think he was in like those nerdy ass fucking superhero movies and like one of the like wizard movies too. I I don't know though. Who could tell? It's it's impossible to know what he was doing later in his career. He was a a gold... Yeah, all right. He's in the Harry Potter. I saw him recently. Oh, he, you, you, you came up with it. I was going to see if you actually I was, knew. I was watching those. A guy who I know. He's my wife's favorite character. You followed his career very closely. Matt Hardy. Dennis no, Hopper. Black. Yes! He's in this film as Clifford Worley, Clarence's scumbag dad. <laughs> we saw him as a mad bomber in Speed. He yelled, Heineken, fuck that shit! Paps Blue, Blue Ribbon! And a baby wanna fuck. Yeah, he does. And, uh, he says that. Blue Velvet. Yeah. He had a chainsaw fight with Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Man. He dealt drugs to children in River's Edge. That's an underwatched movie if you haven't seen that one. Young Keanu just yeah. being very handsome. He picked his nose on screen in Land of the Dead. Who could ever While maintaining that? a level of racism oh, during so a zombie racist. apocalypse. Also, uh, if that wasn't enough to have a legendary career, uh, he's fucking King Koopa and Super Mario Brothers opposite John Leguizamo. <laughs> Come on, give me a break here. Uh, he shares a screen and an saving up the scene horn for him specifically. With a little actor I like to uh, call Christopher Walken, who's in this film as Vincenzo Cody or something, something Italian. Yeah. He's a consigliere to a big time You remember him from saying, uh, What brings you here, Wayne? Mm-hmm. As well as, uh, I wouldn't commit. We got real gigs coming up. Real gigs in uh, Wayne's World 2. He played uh, the cop in the movie The Sentinel that Ricky Butler talks about in the movie The Burbs. Mm. Uh, he was evil industrialist Max Shrek in Batman Returns. Max Shrek. Shrek. Is that the one Oldman was also in? I don't, I don't know. I yes. I Batman projects. That is. Okay. He danced in the Fat Boy Slim video Weapon of Choice. Yes. I know you all remember that. What a... I'd call that a pre-social uh, media viral video, maybe? Did he invent viral videos Probably. with Weapon of Choice? Also, uh, talk about Apex people's careers. Had to have happened when he played the character Clem in both Joe Dirt and the and Straight to Crackle sequel, Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser. It turns all wrong. Which I've definitely watched, so thank you, Crackle. Stab a try with a Saturday night. 
our boy Michael Rapp, of course. Yeah. In this movie. Oh yeah. Playing the character. Big Rappy P. Dick Ritchie, which is a great Tarantino man. Sometimes you're hit or miss with me. That's a good character name yeah. right there. And like great casting. Like, oh, absolutely. Well, who's gonna play a guy named Dick Ritchie? He's gotta be a slack jawed idiot. I don't know who uh, could pull that off. What about like uh, a goofy wigger? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Michael okay. Rappaport. Yeah. He sounds stupid in New York. We'll, we'll get him. Yeah. We saw him as Superboy in the movie Copland. Superboy. We saw him as Tom Scriggins in Deep Blue Sea. He's now a Scrig. triple crown fucking winner. Also, he played Mike on season four, episode one of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's Where right. there's a will, there's a way, part one. is a two-parter. It was, you know, the season premiere there. Yeah. And this one, Will and Carlton move into their new crib quote unquote oh when they move in the they, pool they house. immediately throw a party but uh being on the guest list becomes a non-requirement <laughs> sounds oh, like no. too many people start showing up and things things <sighs> get out of sorts well, matt there's a lot Carlton more people in this movie into. so i'm gonna start shooting through them rapid fire okay here. i'll rapid fire the air horn brad pitt plays floyd dick stoner roommate he was frank in cool world not sure if he's done anything else i think that was it val kilmer is the ghost of elvis we saw him as gay perry and kiss kiss bang bang also he doesn't have any kind of debilitating illness under that scarf don't well, a little bit. saul rubinick is in this film is lee donowitz a movie producer and cocaine dealer he goes big in small roles for like 40 years now he's been doing it. Wall Street, he's, Spotlight, he's, Spotlight. He's Daphne's Unforgiven. husband. Unforgiven, getting even with dad. He's Daphne's fucking husband on fucking Frasier. Yeah, get over yourself. Kevin Corrigan's you in this room movie. Yet? Very briefly as Marvin, a mafia goon. I only mentioned him because he was Cousin Eddie and Grounded for Life. <laughs> James Gallandolfini is Virgil, another mafia goon with a much meatier part. I don't think he's done anything. He played Ben Pinkwater in Terminal Velocity. That's... Charlie Sheen in the skydiving movie. That's so, my bad. Yeah. That's that's on me. Bronson Pinchot is Elliot Blitzer, Rappaport's <laughs> idiot friend from acting class. Uh, he gets the air horn. He played Serge in the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Standing Also, he was Balthazar talking this. Makes me so happy to remember. Sorry. We'll now do the dance of joy. Uh, die, 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 Guy I like die, to die, mention die, every pops die. up. Lawrence Mason is in this movie as Floyd D, a drug dealer who doesn't eat pussy. Uh, I love no, him as Tintin in The Crow. Also very memorable as Lord Nikon and Hackers. I really thought this guy was going places in the mid-90s there. Seemed like it. He did two of your all-time favorite all-time movies. favorite movies. Somebody who did end up going places. Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie as Big Don, a drug uh, dealer who totally eats pussy. And also Butt, he tells yes. us. Uh, we saw him as Wes Man, Luger in heart. Loaded Weapon 1. What? We saw him as Mitch in The no. Long Kiss Goodnight. We saw him as Russell in Deep Blue Sea. He's now a Grand Slam fucking winner. SLJ. Touch them all. Touch them all. Guy I know you love and I love. Chris Penn is in this movie as Nicky Dimes. Point that fucking gun at my dad, Leary. Another great character name right there, Nicky Dimes the cop. We saw him as Bubba in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. What? We saw him as Travis Don't Brickley in Best of the Best. Me. He is now a Triple Crown winner. <laughs> Val Kilmer's at least a double shotter for us. I feel like we had to have seen him in something, but uh, well, no, the triple. Didn't we what, do? What we did we the. We did the one where he was the gay. Kiss, kiss bang bang. Where he was did, gay Perry. Yeah, we just did Heat. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's three. Heat. Give it to him. Hey, it's uh, a big day for us. Even bigger day for Tom Sizemore, who oh, continues no. to be maybe oh, our no. most talked about actor oh, of all time. Is he our Hall of Fame? Cody Nicholson, a cop. 
He's our utility player. He's, uh, he's in our street people hall of fame. I think, I think he he's had going some in. years there where he, he was spent time. In he's in. People. You're in size. He's in Blue Steel, in Point Break, in Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man, in Passenger 57, in Heat. Fucking, he's, he's just a babe villain. What is that? Uh, how many is that? I don't know, eight or nine. Oh, jeez. Yeah. This guy. He's, we might have to extend the uh, Mount Rushmore. Just get him up there. With he might get a wing. Van Damme and all those guys. Tagline of this film True Romance. Stealing, cheating, killing. Who said romance was dead? <laughs> okay, I was waiting for something. Yeah, plot. you got it. It's plot. It's, it's it's not much here. They 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 get it out very quickly here. Clarence marries Hooker, Alabama, steals cocaine from her pimp, and tries to sell it in Hollywood. While the owners of the coke try to reclaim it. A lot of that's, stuff happens, but they boiled it down very beautiful. quickly. Yeah, just a beautiful one sentence. That is one of the best plot synopsises we've come across. Uh, let's get into the next segment of this podcast, which we like to call the Bullet Points. Here we dig through our notes, talk about all the things that stood out to us as we were watching the film. We go through them sequentially sometimes. Sometimes we get lost doing yeah, loop-de-loops. It don't matter. Who knows? Uh, Matt, what was your first bullet point when you sat down to watch True Romance? Slater's gone slate. Mm-mm. Uh, excuse me? Slater's gone slate. Who's, who's a Slater? Uh, AC Slater? What are, we, what are we talking about here? <laughs> well, you know, Christian Slater. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. He's just being Christian Slater in this movie. Cause yeah. You know who else is being themselves? Quentin Tarantino, because he's written a big, dumb pop culture monologue to open yeah. up this fucking movie. Yeah, he is. We got... Clarence just sitting in a dive bar talking to another Crow alumni, the drugged out mom from Crow, mm. about how much he loves Elvis. Yeah. And uh, we're not one minute into this movie before we get our first F-bomb dropped right here. Well, of so course. They're just setting a tone for us like, uh, yeah. hey, do you get offended by stuff? Yeah. Even in 1993, this one's going to be rough for you to watch. Right. Maybe why it wasn't such a big success at the box office. Yeah. Pretty ugly uh, movie. Tarantino likes to use words yeah. that people don't like to listen to. It wasn't to. until 94 when Pulp Fiction popped off, and then everybody was like, no, it's cool to fucking say filthy shit and That's have edgy. extreme hyperviolence in every fucking movie. He's so, edgy. A little bit before his time and uh, yeah. created his time here, Quentin Tarantino. He's, uh, so yeah, he's talking about how he would uh, fuck Elvis, even though he's not an F-word. And no. Blonde woman is just like, yeah, I'm into that. Fucking Elvis is sexy. Yeah. And then we get some more just super dumb Tarantino shit where he starts talking about Sonny Chiba fucking kung fu movies. Right. That's what I wrote down. Nobody, nobody in real life talks about Sonny Chiba kung fu movies. That's why I wrote down here, man, Tarantino's flexing all his dork muscles. Yeah, he sure fucking is. And I don't know if we got an exterior shot, but in my mind, this this scene was taking place during the day. Like this, these seemed like some people drinking during the day in like a windowless dive yeah. bar right here, and I'm just yeah. like, oh god, there's no way somebody's sitting at any bar in the world right now at three in the afternoon talking to some sad woman about oh, inviting no. her to. Also, we're in Detroit here. There's a theater playing a Sonny Chiba triple feature in 1993. No, no, no. no this isn't L.A. where you came up, fucking Tarantino. Not there's, 93. Not a baby. repertory theater on every fucking corner here. This this is not a thing that exists. Inviting women to Sonny Chiba triple features. Give me a break. There's some, uh, you know, little hipster pockets these days, uh, but ugh. 993, honey. Uh, and we start getting some very uh, raising Arizona esque voiceover narration after this. Yeah. Where, uh, just, uh, Patricia Arquette's character comes in. Yes, and she's she talking does. directly to us. And, uh, 
right here I'm thinking to myself, am I, am I believing this southern accent she's doing? No. And yeah, I don't think so. No, you're not. Which is strange because throughout the movie, you grow into it, it. wasn't triggering me at all. You grow into it. But she goes back to the voiceover narration, like at the end, it goes yeah. back into it. I'm just like, oh, it sounds completely fucking fake again. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just because it's like her dialogue's too isolated here and you can pick apart how bad she is. Or I think that's Maybe it. like she did this first or something before she'd really figured it out. And Well, I don't know, but I was just like, ugh, that accent sounds terrible. Not, terrible. Not to give away too much of her character, but it's coming up because oh. we're about to meet her. Oh. Please, she, please watch the film before you listen to this the, podcast. Have you been doing it wrong this whole time? Yeah. You didn't listen to this podcast and then watching the movie? Some that's, of you probably aren't even insane. doing it at all. That's because oh. you're a fucking loser. Get a girlfriend. What's the matter with you? I mean, at least have your boss buy you a hooker. Thank you. And we meet fucking, uh, what's her face, Arquette here. Oh, she's yeah, a hooker. Right. And she's got this accent here. And the reason it works and everything is because she's doing that whole, like, clearly I was sexually abused at a young yeah. age. And you the, want to get into some yeah. love line, like, elevator like, doesn't hit <laughs> all the Corolla floors. Shit right here, right. Like, talking about what age it happened. Yeah. You can tell by that's the age her voice stopped developing. Yeah. She's doing, like, a, I think a later molestation here. Maybe, like, an 11-year-old. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, right. I'm thinking is, yeah. is what I'm pinpointing right. from all my years of listening to the love line she back might have, in the 1990s. She might at least had a training bra. Congratulations to her uncle. I think she did have a training bra when right. whatever happened to her happened to her, for sure. Yeah. You know? and, it, and the whole character's working together with the accent. But like you said, with mm-hmm. the voiceover, the isolated... That's right, yeah. That's a no-go. Yeah, so... uh she uh, shows up at this movie theater when right. uh, Slater's watching the Sonny Chiba triple feature alone. And uh, they have Shocker. A, little, a little meat cute where she like. What do you think he smells like? If he wasn't really Christian Slater, what do you think this guy smells Preferred like? Preferred stock cologne, I'm thinking uh, maybe. Uh, that and like probably cigarettes. Oh, God. So she's like, oh, man, I spilled some popcorn on you. Uh, I'm a sexy chick out of nowhere. Coming. He says it's 12 when they leave here. So if you does her in like. Three ninety-minute movies, probably like a fifteen-minute intermission. Like this, this has got to be like daylight uh, here when she's she's going to sit down for three kung fu movies. Which means he was definitely at that bar. Which we learned, around noon. We learn later that she was paid to uh, do this, which makes it make sense like uh, retroactively. But in this moment, I'm just watching this movie like, oh come on, there's no sexy hookers taking time out of their day to go sit in triple features about anything, yeah. let alone fucking kung fu movies. You and I have been to those kinds of things, and... Uh, mm. Yeah, many of them. Not I mean, a lot of ladies there, as no. it turns out. If there is one, it's usually because I brought my wife. A lot of the sort of annoyed kind of girlfriends that uh, sometimes have to listen to this podcast, as it turns out. Yeah. There's a whole... Uh, subculture of, of those women out there. I don't know if that's really a thing. If it is, I'm curious shit. now. Oh, it, it happens. It, wow. it definitely happens. That's, I'd say a good uh, 40% of podcast listenership across the board, just uh, annoyed girlfriends having to hear shit in the car. Uh, ladies, write in your comments to Nate Adams that's at right. Tool Time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing that thing. <laughs> I like that. It's pretty good, yeah. We do have a real email, but nobody's ever sent us one other than my good buddy Wes. Uh, he did. Yeah. Way to use it for what it was meant for, Way to Wes. use that email address, buddy. Yeah. Rest of you, you're the shame on you. That's why you're fucking in that basement still doing nothing. I said clean your room. I got another question What's for you. Yeah. Uh, even in Detroit, right. could you really smoke in a movie theater in 1993? 
like anywhere. Yeah, no, you still could. When I went a couple of years 1993, ago, they didn't care. This, in Detroit, it's still Wild West. Still, no, you up can't. And, no, okay, yeah, I didn't. You so. could smoke at that Kid Rocks, mm-hmm. but really, it was only one guy, and he was wearing this Kid Rock hat, and he had these Kid Rock sunglasses yeah. and this Kid Rock hair. Who's gonna tell him? Everybody's like, "Sir, I wish you'd put that out." Kid Rocks. What, what's he have? Like a bar and grill? Is that the thick hat? Kid? Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of a downfall, but he said some things. Yeah, so I just wrote, "Oh God, this is some lame ass Quentin Tarantino nerd dream Mary yeah. Sue shit, where uh, right. some gorgeous whore falls into a dude's lap when yeah. he's watching fucking kung fu movies, and then she's all like afterwards, like, hey, you want to go out on a date with me, and I'll listen to everything you have to say and be real interested in your like, motor, motor mouth fucking nonsense. I like to get pie and talk about movies yeah. after I see movies. No, you don't. No, that's not no, a you thing. Don't. That's not a thing. That you we do. never saw you around the clock. They do start having a little uh, getting to know you chat while they're uh, at the little diner or whatever mm-hmm. afterwards, though. And at I, Ray's. I thought, interesting uh, that she says her favorite uh, movie star is Burt Reynolds. I like that, too. Spoiler alert. Good choice, and we're going to be transitioning to, to a lot of Burt Reynolds movies here pretty soon. Get ready. Uh, I'm getting Burt Reynolds on the fucking brain already right here. If you, I walk around year round with that affliction. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Uh, what too, up? When he was talking to the drugged out mom from uh, the Crow mm-hmm. in uh, the bar, I, I, one of my notes was, uh, uh, he's talking to a girl about Sonny Chiba movies, and it's even weird when it's Christian Slater. Imagine a guy as ugly as Quentin Tarantino yeah. doing this yeah. at fucking two o'clock in the afternoon yeah. in a bar. Talk about an off-putting interaction. That would be yuck. He's just fucking six foot whatever, mm-hmm. ill-fitting clothes. Absolutely. Smells like uh, cheap that forehead, cheese. That jaw. Yeah. Uh, just hovering, uh, hovering crap. next to you. He's got that like little lisp. So, you know, you know I was going to say, you know, he's, he's spitting, spitting a lot. Talks. You know, like just a lot. You're watching spittle get your everywhere. drink. You're just like, oh, yeah. oh, here comes the next shower. He's drinking beer. He's getting that thick cottony like everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. Oh. Next scene, uh, old Christian Slater's Clarence takes uh, her from the old pie shop into the comic book store that he works in. Is this all a euphemism? I, I think just a cheap uh, replacement for Tarantino working at that dumb video mm. store very famously. Just like, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could take a girl into the video store after <laughs> hours? She'd listen to me explain all the videos that I like to watch during the day. He's like telling her the plot of some comic books. Yeah. And like we get a shot where she's just like staring at him in awe as he like tells her about like the Submariner ep- like issue 62 or something. Yeah. Hey. Oh God, this whole opening is just nerd fucking dreamland nonsense. Plot twist. Uh, in high school, I dated a chick that worked at a video store. Oh, wow. And then I would go there sometimes. What a difference. And periodically talk to all the Tarantinos she worked with. Oh, yeah. I bet bet that was happening a lot. They, one of them Back at least hated me because, you know, I was dating the girl. That I'm sure that there. girl's the only girl in their life. So yeah. uh, the only chance to interact with the opposite sex probably ever. Summer nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's so enthralled by listening to him talk about... Uh, that first Travis album dropped that summer. Oh, wow. That was a good one right there. I thought nice those guys one. were going to take off and then Coldplay totally stole their thunder. So I wrote, this is the worst uh, egregious use of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope that I've ever seen in a fucking movie right here. It should have been this movie that coined that other than whichever one did. I don't really remember. I haven't read that essay in years. Yeah. She's so enthralled by this dork who likes Elvis and kung fu movies and 
fucking comic books did. She's like, well, let's have some fucking sex in your weird apartment. Let's get it on. So we do get a classic, like, slow-mo, like, uh, very sexily shot in silhouette yeah. early 90s sex scene, right. which I appreciate here, because this is the Tony Scott of it all. Like, right. if Tarantino had directed this shit himself, we would have not been getting, like, a sleazy, like, pretty sexy early 90s sex scene right yeah. here. It would have been some sort of, like, stylish nonsense or whatever, so who cares? We get some good, like, side butt from Christian Slater here. Yep. He's flashing some buns. We get to see Patricia Arquette's amazing rack, but, like, in silhouette. Like, yeah. just even seeing the shadows of them, you're just like... They're huge. God damn, the set on this broad. Like... What is she showing anything? Oh, she's got to have. She she right. She seemed like she was gonna take off big here in like this area because she's pretty good in things and like she's gorgeous, but like, like and she's got the the fucking family pedigree. Like comes from a family of actors, and uh, I don't know, kind of just spun her wheels for a while. So there has to you be. You think it's because she's I'm got... guessing like a whole handful of low budget things where she's just jumping around with her tatties out. You think it's because she's got the same teeth as David Arquette? I mean, I think she, she had a very, over? like, charming, like, uh, before she fixed her teeth for that one album jewel look going on with her, like, sort of crooked smile mm. here. I think it's working for her. Mm, Especially in Dave's the cuter. early 90s when we weren't all dental obsessed and, like, everybody on screen had to have, like, stick yeah. straight, just, like, blinding white, like, uh, fake-looking fucking yeah. teeth. Yeah, I've got coffee stains and... Crooked yeah, George Clooney absolutely. bottom teeth. We've gone completely in the opposite direction here. We're like, right. uh, we've gotten so just like obsessed with teeth whitening and stuff that like people look freaky the other way now. Or you're just like, ugh, those teeth look like you're fucking yeah. one of those square head fucking weirdo kids show puppets or something. Everyone like looks like oh, Hillary Duff and it's weird. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Hillary Duff's not looking weird though. She's looking great. Oh, I see. You've been watching that uh, How I Met Your Mother no, Father. I want to get into it because I've just mostly been into uh, looking at bikini pics of Hillary Duff on like uh, social media feeds there. Doesn't sound terrible. Just subscribe to a couple of like Hillary Duff and swimsuit accounts and like that'll pop into my feed every once in a while. I was like, well that's a little refreshing piece of uh, something to look at in the middle of She's got a thickness going on, man. I don't know if you know, she's, but uh, she's got a thickness going she's on. She's all right. I never say no. I'll tell you the the later seasons of George Lopez she shows up on. Okay. You can give him a spin. Yeah. I'm definitely Very sultry. Need an episode guide there. Uh, pretty cool Detroit apartment here he's got where it's mm. like this shitty little one room, but you can walk out of the window out onto a billboard that's on a roof. Yeah. And there's like steam from the city coming all around. This got is, to. This is like some Frank Miller shit right here. The visuals going on. This is where he finds her wrapped up in a blanket crying outside on the billboard. Yeah. Because he, he's about to find out. He uh, he met a woman who's uh, very emotionally damaged from all the trauma she's been through uh, since what that 11-year-old of, uncle we, we, touching or whatever's happened. Oh, oh, uh, those kind of traumas. She's been doing oh. a lot of crazy stuff that oh. you got to read like between the lines and figure out this movie here. Stuff. She's like, uh, oh, um, needed to let you know, uh, I'm sad because... <clears throat> In real life, I'm a whore, and I Whoa. didn't tell you that. Uh, you're probably going to be really mad about it, because people are generally mad when they have sex with somebody and think that it's on the up and up and find out that they're just a whore. She's uh, a whore. The guy who runs the comic shop bought me for you because he said you needed to get laid. Yeah. Which I'm just like, fucking best boss ever. Right. I never heard anything like that. 
You're not making money hand over fist running a comic book shop no. in 1993, even though that is the era of like foil variant covers and all that shit. This guy, Chris Claremont, just got kicked yeah. off the X books. Yo, those oh, things yeah. are about to go in the toilet. That fucking uh, Scott Lobdell or whatever his fucking era that went all oh. through the 90s. His books went from hot commodities to fucking just, tr- boring trash. Just garbage. Just boring fucking trash. Start right, stop writing about the stories, and that's, that's especially the problem Especially was. a horror that looks like Patricia Arquette. This had to have been a pretty penny for a comic book shop owner. To At least. Laying down there. But she's like, uh, the problem is, like, ugh. You're so fucking awesome. I'm in love with you now, and you're probably not going to want to date me because I'm a whore, and you're going to think that's gross. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm a gigantic fucking loser. Yeah. Like, were you paying any attention to anything yeah. that happened over the span of the last 24 hours? Like, I'm still on board with this. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking a total loser. My yeah. comic book shop boss has to buy me women. Like, this is this is a thing I'm going to be into, man. Which is <sighs> just right here. Right from Jump Street, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. My issue with this Tarantino uh, Slater character. Oh, you, got a, you got an issue with uh, Clarence? Yeah. Clarence Worley as a character? Slater's cool as shit doing all his badass, yeah. you know. He is still just like playing it like he's cool Christian Slater. <laughs> and it's like. But the character would be fucking Tarantino. Yeah. He'd be a gangly fucking Frankenstein monster. I'm saying, wouldn't we, wouldn't this movie lend itself better if, if it got like a, a Nick Cage who it's like, oh, oh yeah, this I guy's weird at least, off. Like, you know? You got Dwight Schrute, I could see it uh, fucking like working yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. Cage for the era, he would have been fucking perfect for yeah. this role, absolutely. I think he would have given it the weirdness he needed. Slater's got too much coolness. No, yeah, he's just like uh, tiny and handsome, and that's that's not working for the things that come out of his mouth. No. I guess it has to for this woman to actually like him in any way. He's got to be pretty handsome because no woman would like him as a human being. That's fair. Ever. But I love the fucking line Patricia Arquette delivers here where she's like, I'm not what they call in Florida white trash. Yes. I'm a really good person. Thank you. I'm glad you uh, caught that one. fucking line. Fucking yeah. First time I saw this movie, fucking, I, I think I was like out up until that point. And then I was like, all right, maybe this movie's going to get good. Like that's, that's a fucking tremendous line right there. This was the first time I officially watched this movie start to finish. I had a theory. I had a theory because I don't think we'd ever had a conversation about this movie. And this is one that somehow I avoided through most of my life, too. It was probably like six or seven years ago or something. I watched it for the first time, finally. I got to come clean. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. initially, I was a Brad Pitt hater. Oh, that was a lot of why I steered one of those. Yes, sir. I remember him getting a lot of flack back in the day, but I got to say... From Thelma and Louise on, I was just like, look at the cum gutters on that motherfucker. I am on board. It wasn't until I reluctantly saw Fight Club on VHS. Right into 12 Monkeys. I was definitely, once 12 Monkeys hit, I was just like, this guy's fucking got it going on. He's got the the chiseled good looks to be a leading man, but he's going to do weird shit like this? 12 Monkeys was when I started to get curious. I started to get uh, bi-pit, if you will. Yeah, okay. Or... By Pit Curious. Started to get Bruno Curious. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, so, uh, 
next day they're at a tattoo shop getting matching tattoos because they're married now yeah. apparently right so it, in case you were wondering if uh she was lying when she's like uh, i was only a hooker for four days i'm not a broken person i'm normal yeah she's getting married to a guy after one day and they're getting matching tattoos so yeah totally totally normal yes, person no is. crazy trauma in her no. past she's making yeah. fine decisions just a couple of wholesome kids in love you got right here is, <laughs> is what's happening right here if no you're, problem. If you're wondering if she's rocking a bush or is 90s clean shaven, mm. there's a little bit of hair. Oh, I, I thought that was Slater's pubes we were seeing when he was... Might have been. Yeah, he was, he was looking in the mirror at his little uh, matching one because she was still in the, in the chair at this point. Those, those are definitely some Slater pubes. I'm, I'm picturing just a classic 93 landing strip on her. Oh, I could see that too. Yeah. One other, uh, my next bullet point here is uh, I eat pussy, I eat the butt, I eat everything. Every... Samuel L. Jackson, Gary Oldman, and fucking Tintin from The Crow are hanging around just doing some guy talk. And Cutting some it up. sleazy fucking hotel room or something yes, sir. somewhere. It's great. Samuel L. Jackson's on some sort of pussy-eating rant. Yeah. That he loves to. Fucking Lord Nikon's just like, if I ate pussy, I would not admit it to anybody. Yeah, that's fucking that's weird. Which I knew was a thing in like black dude culture. Yeah. Is that still where they like try to pretend like they don't eat pussy because like that's just weird. No, like, no, that's not nearly as yeah, much. Yeah, I, I, I no. felt like that's faded with time. And also, no. I also always just thought it was weird. Like, oh, this was a problem with that. Like, that was definitely an early to mid '90s thing. Yeah. Uh, heard brothers talking about eating pussy yeah, in the jail. Good, oh, good. Ah. Samuel Jackson was an early adopter, apparently. And I wrote this is a classic Tarantino monologue right here, mm-hmm. and a classic Samuel L. Jackson delivery of it because he's one of the few few actors who can like run wild with this Tarantino dialogue and can give it believability yeah, and, and credibility not just sound like he's doing a Tarantino yeah. impression and like reading words that Quentin Tarantino put in his mouth so yeah he's really the treasure of like the uh entire Quentin Tarantino catalog or Sam Jackson is he the enabler is he the <laughs> excuser yeah Samuel Jackson reason? can deliver it why can't the rest of you listen actors? to the way he talks like of course black <laughs> yeah. people think he's cool he could say the n-word it's like very similarly I thought when uh fucking our boy Owen Wilson was yeah. in uh uh fucking that Paris movie that Woody Allen made yeah. uh, and like he's just like oh he's still got his own Wilson thing when he's right. delivering Woody Allen dialogue so it doesn't just sound like he's playing fucking Woody Allen fucking Samuel L. Jackson Owen Wilson two of our finest actors is what mm. I'm saying right you now you seen that uh going, you going seen- on, on on the record right now you seen that bit where uh, Spike Jones uh, got uh, Owen Wilson to act like he knew about skateboarding and taught him a whole bunch of skateboarding no, that lines pretty good, to yeah. go talk to a bunch of kids about oh, wow. skateboarding? Oh, wow, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I'll show you that. Yeah. You're going to enjoy that. Fucking Gary Oldman in this movie, though. Like, uh, I think just Tony Scott let him do whatever he fucking wanted. Like, this character couldn't have been all this on the fucking page. The Thank white you. guy dreads, yeah. uh, the crazy face scars, yeah. the dead eye, can the I, milky dead eye, the fucking like grill he's wearing. Can I tell you what I saw here? Sure. When yeah, I saw I this wanna, performance, I want to hear about it. I looked at this and I was like, I know, I know Gary Oldman's a great actor for sure. Yeah. Uh, I know you talked about Leon earlier, mm-hmm. but I thoroughly enjoy he him played in that one. Police Commissioner O'Hara yeah. in those Batman movies, right. Very well, unforgettably. So, oh, Batman! It's me, Gary Oldman. I'm right, sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Bring him back. Who's going to have the fucking balls to bring back <laughs> Police Chief O'Hara? He played Strider in those Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, and all that stuff. oh the video and game character Strider. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. Uh, all of those things. All those nerd movies. When he shows up with those dreads, those unexplained scars, the gold teeth. Oh, the gold chains. All of it. The opened Hawaiian shirts. I thought about a current young actor. Oh, was it a James Franco? No. Oh, I was thinking about him no. t- tearing it up in Spring Breakers. I was like, no. he's, he's, he stole a lot of Oldman for that bit. Thinking, I was thinking about somebody who, if you were to recast this role today, mm-hmm. I think he's got the energy and he could pull it off. Also, I believe... Is a limey and has that same accent. Oh. oh, wow. Mr. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson for sure would go all out. Or he could play a Drexel. Him or fucking that one softy brother who acts, I'm sure, would go fucking nuts. Either or. This. Or maybe if a third option, throw in the modern day Nick Cage, Paul Dano, and see what he wants to do with it. <laughs> that, that, that could be something. We're, we're remaking this movie with Nick Cage in the Clarence role. Yeah, loving still. it. Still. Yeah. He still looks young. We'll put a wig on him. Paul Dano is fucking Drexel. Beautiful. I, I would watch it. So uh, this ends with just uh, Gary Oldman pulling out a shotgun and blowing away Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Nord Nikon. Yep. And then him and his gigantic, gigantic bodyguard stealing a big suitcase full of cocaine that becomes an important plot point. Yeah, that's his uh, Marty. That's his Marty's uh, Marty's the his his big. Yeah, his Robin big big, Gary and Marty. Yep. Give them give them a reality show. I'd watch it. Amen. Back at Clarence's, we're watching kung fu movies again. Yeah. And, like, Alabama's all into it, but Clarence kind of seems like uh, he's having some issues, like, right. mentally. He's, he's some wheels turning in his head, and I'm like, yeah, that's right. You just got married. All you know is that this bitch is a hooker, yeah. and you both like kung fu movies, and you're already back to the kung fu movie thing. Yeah. It's getting old hat. Like, this relationship's falling apart in front of my eyes as we speak right here. I was watching it, and I was like... She's like making karate noises. Yeah, it's pretty. With it. it was pretty annoying. I'd be like, I was like, is he just annoyed? Yeah, it's just ruining is, the kung fu. Is, is he just like I shouldn't have got married? Like, like, like bro, stuff. Is, this is why you gotta live with chicks the, before you marry them. This is the era where you had to like get some bootlegs from Hong Kong to be watching this shit. Right yeah. here, like he went through some fucking like pre dark web comic book hookup channels to get this thing. No, he works over there acting like it's a yeah. trifle. Yeah, right. Comic book but no. trades. Turns out he's not worried about the kung fu. He's just worried about the fact that he's uh, married to a whore. So he goes to the bathroom. No, he's not married about, worried about the whore. It's who the whore yeah, works who's, for. Who's this pimp going to be, I wonder? He's probably going to come looking for her one of these days. Ghost of Elvis Presley, we learn, uh, talks to him in Amen. times of stress. Yeah. So he shows up. We never see the face or anything, but it is Val Kilmer. You want to hear my impersonation? Yeah, I want you. You doing Val Kilmer doing Elvis? It's me, Elvis Presley. (laughs) Gollum, Gollum. (laughs) Pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, 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 speedy recovery. So he's like, "Uh, "You're gonna have to go kill this pimp if you ever want to just feel like a man at any point for the rest of your life, dude. Like, you know it. I know it. Let's fucking let's get it done." Uh, sack up sack up bro this is Elvis Presley he talk. gives him ghost he, to Elvis talking he, he gives him one of my patented yeah, Matt O father speeches you just got you know? your asses yeah. whipped yeah. by yeah. a bunch of goddamn nerds John Goodman and I just trying to rally the youth so he's like uh yo Alabama I'm gonna go to that like flop house you were living in full of like drugs and pimps and uh go get your clothes and stuff cause mm-hmm. I just don't like the idea of you not having your clothes right and she's like 
yeah, you're kind of a nerd. And, uh, right. you know, I tried to spin it like I wasn't a broken person who was uh, doing crazy, crazy shit. I you was. go over to that house, you're going to see that I definitely was. Yeah. And also, you're probably going to die. Not not a good idea. Also you're true. Definitely going to get killed there. But he's like, no, no, no. You don't know. Like, I'm quitting Tarantino, like, in his own yeah. head. I'm okay. a fucking badass. Okay. Like, all right. Okay. Like, I'm going to go over there. Fucking, I'm going to this fucking, fucking, fucking flop house. Yeah, so she's like, all right, I guess I'll just sit here on the couch while you go die. Yep, easier to tell the cops. I don't know, he left to get smokes. Yeah. Never came back. Uh, so we go to this this house she's apparently been living in with, mm-hmm. with a lot of people. And uh, it's cool one us. of the first great just sequences of this film right here. This, yeah. This whole fucking scene right here. Gary Oldman's doing the full Oh, on... I guess I gotta give oh, Tony Scott doing, a little yeah. credit, okay. huh? For for what? what, what you're, it's a fun scene. You're right. Absolutely. I guess he kind of he you're kind act, of you're put acting it like together. we're not big fans of the Last Boy Scout over here. That's fair. You're fucking, you're a big you're a big Tony Scott. I guess my problem is I always think about Top Gun and Days of Thunder. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm, the biggest fan of his Tom Cruise work. Yeah. Although uh, Top Gun does have a certain like this is so goddamn 80s it hurts like a uh, yeah. cheese nostalgia factor to it. If you want to talk Ridley Scott's Matchstick Men, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh boy, oh, wow. all day I oh, will wow. talk. So uh, yeah, Oldman's here in this house. Yes, sir. Just full of drugs and whores, and he's. I wrote he's doing the full Steven Seagal here. Where he's doing like some sort of indistinguishable Cajun accent. Yeah. He's kind of trying to look Jamaican. Yeah. Also, he's like eating Chinese food and offering up egg rolls. <laughs> and I'm like, so that's one step away from him also like having a kimono going on here. Every, he is everything to everyone, this character. Yeah. Every once in a while. I bet like, he's a blues man too. That, ex, that accent just uh, like yeah. fully kicks in and sure. you're just like. He's a boy. You can start talking about your base. You guys, like guy, yeah, right? Exactly. Okay, yeah. It transcends uh-huh. is what it does. So he's, he's Christian Slater's like, I came to talk to you about my fucking whore wife. Uh, hey, uh, I'm wearing these Elvis sunglasses and I look like a little nerd. Yeah. Gary Oldman just goes into, I guess I'm going to give him credit too. He goes into a little monologue here where he's questioning the guy. Yeah. He's doing that thing where he keeps swinging the lamp in Slater's face and fun, blinding huh? him a little bit. Well, yeah. it's like being passive aggressive, but yeah. also like kind of threatening while pretending like he's being accommodated. Yeah, he's nice. like, I married yeah. that whore you're talking about. Great little, Oldman's all great like, little oh, monologue. Oh, shit. There. That makes us related. That's right. Practically fucking family here. And then he starts talking like, oh, there's a problem here though. Like I'm, Offered you to sit down and eat. You're not eating. There's a TV right next to you where a lady's got her breastuses out. You ain't looking you at You haven't that. looked at them once. He's like, I don't like your vibes, man. He's like, you played your cards. Yeah, you fucking, I can see that you're a little bitch boy. You're, you're not you're calm. Throw down. Yeah. So uh, Slater tries to big dick him and he like gives him an <clears throat> empty envelope and he's like, this is my last offer. This is what you get. You never come after Alabama again. Yeah. And then the coolest shit in the world happens where uh, Oldman just takes the big tray of drugs and shit in front of him, chucks it at fucking Christian Slater's head, yeah. pounces on him like an animal, and then just starts double fist punching him in the forehead while he's right. straddled on top of him what? like some sort of wild beast. Like he, the lizard from Rampage? Don't forget, he doesn't just tackle him. He tackles him into his fat bodyguard, Monty. Yeah, so he's on top of Monty. So both men are on top he's of just Monty. hammer fisting him with both fucking hands at the same time. Monty gives him the old, how's your father, reach around sure. and starts choking Christian Slater. Uh, that's why he's got to do the reverse headbutt break yeah. Monty's nose, which works out. Right. He gets up a little bit. Oldman lunges at him again, to which Slater does a pretty sweet sidestep. 
take, use his own momentum yeah. to throw him into the wall of fish tanks next yeah. to him. You know I love a good fucking fish tank breaking in a movie. You do. You I really do. As the only thing they do wrong in this scene is... This is the first time we see the fish tanks when he's thrown into them. Yeah. You got to have that fish tank in the background of the scene. You got to yeah. be like, oh, there's a big fucking fish tank right there. Like, I when, want that thing to get busted at some point. When he enters the room, you need to be shooting that right. from the Through other side of the fish tank tanks. Right yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, then you know, like, there's, there's a fish tank hey, breakage coming bro, up in the scene. Bro, bro. What up, though? What you up, think bro? Tony Scott used to watch this Dude. movie back and Dude. be like, Bro, I should have shot that shit from the other side of the glass and now it's kill time myself. For me to sleep with the fishes. Yeah, hell yeah. Literally. We figured it out, yeah, Ridley. Had to, have, had to have done it. Had to have done You're it. welcome for a little bit of closure. So yeah, uh, there's uh, a lot of crazy shit going on here. I wrote down anybody who was hanging out at this house, even for one day, is total damaged goods uh, beyond repair. So Alabama's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. No way we're redeeming her at any point in this yeah. movie. I love fucking through this whole thing. Uh, Oldman gets fucking like advantage again. He starts like kicking him in the ribs and shit, and he's just calling him white boy over yeah. and over again. <laughs> fucking love him calling him. Do you white think boy. this was white boy day? <laughs> this ain't white boy day. <laughs> Do you think the fucking big old bodyguard is just like no? This ain't white boy. This ain't white boy day. <laughs> fucking great shit right here. Uh, so, it ain't white boy day. But yeah, then he weird uh, starts dropping the N word. Yeah, like, a lot. All right, it was fun when you were saying white boy, but now you're saying the fucking N word as a white guy in a Tarantino movie yeah. again. Like Jesus fucking Christ. <sighs> so they take his fucking uh, license or driver's license out of his pocket, and they're like, "Oh, look what we got here, fucking Clarence O'Doyle or whatever the fuck." Whirly. Uh, what an idiot. Uh, or are we the idiots? Because when he was laying on top of the bodyguard, he got a hold of his fucking pistol. I think is that's how it worked out, right? That's how he got the pistol. No, 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 Did no. Did he bring the pistol himself? I think that's he's just always had it. Okay, okay. Either way, he's got a hidden gun and he shoots Gary Oldman's dick off, and it's great because there's just blood fucking everywhere. I think he kind of took it out of the uh, bodyguard's pants that when they were sense. rolling around on top of him on the it's ground. A penis. Shoots Gary Oldman's dick off. Right off. He's screaming. There's blood everywhere. Shoots fucking the bodyguard a bunch of times in the chest. And this is just some classic, like, golden age action movie. Just messy ass, big yeah. meaty squibs going oh. on. It's just, you don't see it anymore today. No. And it's just, it's gorgeous to watch. Messy, bloody holes. Messy, ripped, bloody holes. Ripped open t-shirts. Nothing I love more. Ah. Nothing I love more. So he's like... Hey, get all you whores around here. Get all Alabama's clothes and put them in a bag. I'm yeah. fucking getting out of here. One yeah. Of them is just like, uh, this bag looks like it might be hers. Like, uh, t- take it here. and get out of here, man. Have it. Fucking... At this point, I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, man, you fucked up. You didn't get your driver's license when you're coming out of there, man. This is gonna, yeah, right. This is gonna lead to a whole movie we're gonna watch now, where somebody's yeah. probably gonna find your driver's license. You committed a crime. Sir. I was. I was following the storytelling right there, the good visual job. storytelling. I was doing a good job yeah. of paying attention to this movie. I really want to commend myself for that. I was like, man, this movie's gay. When are we going to see some feet? It's mm. <laughs> a good point. Uh, how, how much feet stuff do you think was in the script that like, Scott was just like, eh, that's weird. I'm going to cross that out and not shoot it. Like, I just imagine like five foot three. Tony Scott trying to shoot this movie. <laughs> shot and from like, the perspective of behind a pair of dirty women's yeah. feet. I don't know how that's appropriate. For seven this foot seven. I think I'm going to do something else Tarantino instead. on set that day. Just like, okay, okay, we got to get we got to get foot in here, Tony. I'm telling you, we got to get a foot in here. He's just I like, don't I don't understand. Thematically, I don't know what feet have to do with the rest of this uh, movie. We're it happened. 
So uh, Clarence shows back shows up back home and he's killed a guy. So now he's kind of talking like Elvis because he's yeah. like, feeling cool about it. Yeah. He's like, hey, mom, I got some burgers here. We're gonna eat these fucking burgers. Hey. I went and killed your pimp. She's like sobbing, like what happened? He's getting his screaming. He's just screaming at her. The, the abusive boyfriend. Don't coming uh, out already. don't don't cover up the 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 burger thing though. Like, this is the this beginning is, of a burger motif here. Well, this is. Tarantino writing his burger bullshit. Oh. Where it's just like, this is the best burger. Yeah, I was going to say. Blah, blah, blah. It's Big Kahuna Burger, probably. Yeah. It would have been from Big Kahuna Burger if this was uh, him, if he actually would have went through with directing this himself there's, and not sold it off. Yeah. There's other burger. Thi- yeah. Like, she would have been yeah. smoking the whatever cigarette brand he always does when she yeah. was in the fucking movie theater and stuff. Uh, this movie would have been so much more annoying if he wrote it. Is it Chesterton's? It's Red Apples. Red Apples. Red Apples. Okay, the Chesterton's he does later. Pack of Red Apples. I remember yeah, uh, that's right. Willis apples, saying yeah, it in Pulp yeah. Fiction, yeah. Who's Zed? But uh, he's screaming in her face like, oh, what? You fucking, you wish it was me who was dead? Like, you fucking love that yeah. pimp? But then yeah. she's just like, no, I think that's the most romantic thing. And then they just start making out over burgers. Yeah. And I'm like, yep, not damaged goods at all. Thinks... Killing a man is romantic. He's my, not my a notes, fucking psychopath whatsoever. My notes here. Tarantino doing the hamburger bit. Yeah. She starts crying and Slater <laughs> yells at her. She says it's romantic. Weird. Once again, I, I want to reiterate, uh, Tarantino calls this autobiographical in his most personal <laughs> screenplay. His life is nothing like this. No. Fucking his nerd life was nothing no. like this. Unless he was Alabama... Oh, it could have been. It Turning tricks uh, out the back door of that video store. For rich fucking businessmen. Enter Dennis Hopper. We got to get him in the movie here. He's a security guard in some sort of industrial park. He's got yep. a pretty cool dog. Yes, sir. He lives in a Martin Riggs trailer out he's by the fucking to. water somewhere. Yep. Pretty sweet little sad old man life he's got going on right it's a good here. good one. Yeah, and... uh comes home after hard days of work to find his fucking idiot son he hasn't uh, seen in three uh years and some whore are parked outside his trailer yeah driving around a purple cadillac reminded me of that trailer from uh that uh the the, the joe movie we were talking killer joe killer joe oh yeah kind of reminded me of trailer, trailer action trailer, in that you know? movie for sure 100 percent where it felt like a home. Yeah. Even though it was a trailer, it was what do you, flushed out. What do you think the deal is with the purple Cadillac? Why wasn't this Elvis-obsessed guy driving around in a pink Cadillac <sighs> like the honky-tonk man? I, man, couldn't get one? Man, I don't know. I guess, yeah, he's maybe kind of it, enough of a scumbag where he wouldn't even be able to right? afford a, a paint job after maybe it's getting sign, his hands yeah. on an old Cadillac. Purple's the right closest there. he could get to yeah, pink. Closest. He's, this guy, this guy's he's a no loser. Elvis. He's, he's fucking, fucking He's a loser. fucking idiot, this guy. Yeah. So, Again, shouldn't have had Slater. Should have had Cage. I wrote, like, what's this random reunion going to be all about? Like, uh, hey, Dad, you seem like a scumbag. How do I sell cocaine? Hey, Dad, <laughs> give me the keys. But instead, it's like, uh, hey, Dad, here's my wife. Uh, you used to be a cop, right? He like, hits him with the old Lieutenant Dan. This is my Asian wife. Yeah, how about you uh, call some some of your cop friends and see if I'm wanted for murder or not? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That's probably a good step to take before you uh, split town there. Yeah. But uh, Dennis Hopper, 
thorough probably one of his most uh we learned that he's like a former alcoholic through context clues and the fact that he's a former police officer yeah of course but this is probably like the most sensible character he's ever played in a movie where he's just like slow it down man yeah come barreling in here with your crazy whore wife like a bulldozer man you just like your mother yeah probably was a whore as well i would imagine that's probably got kicked off the force and for banging whores. That's how I, I had a lot of headcanon going on here. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah, so he's like, uh, oh, enter Michael Rappaport in a little interlude here where we meet him auditioning for a role and he's just giving off big idiot energy. I Just big dumb dog energy. Enter Michael Rappaport is fine, <laughs> but I hit you with a little Dick Ritchie is dot, 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 all caps, Michael Rappaport. Right. He sure is. So he's uh he's re- he's reading for a role in a movie where they're just like oh dude, that sucked man and he's just got a dopey grin on his face the whole time. You know the role like, he's oh, reading sweet. for? Michael Rapport. Something didn't they say that uh Captain Kirk was like uh, hanging onto the back of a car? He yeah, T.J. or something. T.J. Hooper. T.J. Hooker was not around at this point. No, it wasn't. It was fucking like yeah, that was like early seventies. That's what they claim. Yeah. But the character he's reading for, also named. Marty. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. That's kind of a coincidence right there. Mm. Back at Pop's trailer, uh, Alabama's like practicing cartwheels. Cause yeah. She's like some weird little baby doll fuck fantasy of Quentin Tarantino's. There you go. Possibly Tony Scott's right here. And uh, Dennis Hopper's like, I got the lowdown, man. Uh, that Drexel guy. Everybody thinks it's a drug hit because uh, he was fucking dealing drugs for some real fucking dangerous and real important like fucking mafioso guy. Yeah, Blue Lou. <laughs> Blue Lou. Fucking yeah. Boogaloo Boys. He's working for the Boogaloo Boys oh, right here. No. So, uh, so nobody's looking for you, man. No problem. And he's like, oh, great. We're going to skip town then. Uh, going to Dick Ritchie's. My wife's going to full-on kiss you on the mouth before yeah. we leave. Thanks thanks a lot, Pops. But here's Dick it's Ritchie's address. This is where we'll yeah, be staying. He does tell him where he's been staying, which is strange. You haven't seen this guy three years. You're not giving him the address where you're staying in L.A. He doesn't uh, care. You don't care. Uh, but I like when they're driving away and uh, Dennis Hopper's like... I'll be damned. The boy was right. She does taste like peaches. Yeah, I, I, he, I could eat a peach for hours. And then he yells, "Master Lagumba!" <laughs> I, I also wrote, "I hope my dad never tastes my wife." It's not a thing anybody wants to happen. <laughs> that was hard to listen to. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they stop off at a payphone, call up old Dick Ritchie to be like, hey, uh, did you get our letter telling you we're coming to stay with you? Because yep. that's a thing that's happening. And he's all like, oh, man, I'm Michael Rappaport. Oh. I'm taking a shit on the toilet here. This is crazy. You coming to visit me? I got this roommate. You haven't met him. But I'm telling you, he probably the, with the mail. I didn't get the mail. Yeah. It's probably his fault. That's right. John Travolta was in this movie. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> he really just does wigger John Travolta. <laughs> Uh, so they're all like, like uh, instead of saying, "Oh man," he goes, "Oh dog." Oh, dog. <laughs> These two are in love, so they start fucking in the phone booth here, just tearing each other's clothes off. And I, I love the little, uh, the little detail where Slater's got to stand on two phone booth <laughs> phone books in order to make this shit happen. Yeah, I noticed that too. He's just a little guy. <laughs> just, yeah. They leave it in there. Tom Cruise wouldn't be letting you see those phone books. No. He was, he he's all man. No fucking way. No way. No fucking way. When he's in the phone booth with Denise, mm. Denise the Peace. <sighs> Sweet sugar mama. So the next scene's the scene, the big scene from this movie that everybody knows about. Yeah. Fucking the eggplant scene here. 
We're back at uh, Dennis Hopper's house. This scene I've caught. A lot of this yeah, movie, I was trying yeah. to figure out. Uh, I had HBO Very or one gifable. of them as a young man. Ooh. And, uh, Sounds like there was a lot of jacking going on no, in that era. Well, no. It, well, high school age, so probably. But either way, at some point, this movie was running rampant on there. And uh, I caught a lot of the scenes in this mm-hmm, one in particular, mm-hmm. yeah, like so. you said. Uh, you know you're seeing something. All the Sicilian mafia are waiting for him at his house, Dennis yeah. Hopper here, because, you know, they fucking, uh, of course, they found that driver's license when they were going to look for their cocaine. Absolutely. Fucking, uh, who's this idiot? Some scumbag who knows nobody. He's fucking nerd. Probably off screen, they've killed his boss at the comic book shop right here. I was writing in my head canon, like... Maybe, maybe there's like some cut scenes in Tarantino's script here where uh, they go to the comic book shop and kill the fuck out of that guy. They're like, oh, he's got one known living relative. That'd be nice. Some scumbag ex-cop. Let's go out to his Martin Riggs trailer and fucking shake him down, probably. So if you're trace, chasing down mm-hmm. Tarantino's Christian Slater yeah. and you go to the comic book shop mm-hmm. to kill his boss, does that mean you go to the comic book shop to kill Harvey Weinstein? Mm, no, I'm picturing if Tarantino had directed, this would have been the role he played himself, the okay. uh, comic All book right. shop owner right here, and he would have found a reason to say the N-word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe he would just played the dad here, because Dennis Hopper infamously says the N-word a lot in this uh, monologue. A lot. Christopher Walken is the consigliere. He's the main guy. He sits him down. They have a little, like, acting showcase here, Walken versus Hopper, and it's just tremendous. I'd like to. Okay, you got to look on your face. You're doing a you. Mr. Burns hand gesture right now. I like to. What, what do you want to say? To a showcase of my own. Uh, okay. Well, something I was uh, working on all weekend. Ooh, wow, this, this is gonna be great. And I forgot. Is, is it your famous Christopher Walken impression? I forgot. That would be great. Walken no, was in this nobody's, movie. Nobody's done that one before. This could be your new your new deal. I raise you one. Are you ready? Here it comes. Okay. <clears throat> Can't even get it out. Here we go. The tension. Hola. Como esta? It's me, Christopher Wahakin. Tremendous. It's not done. Que pasa? It's, it's really good, yeah. Christopher Wahakin. That's That could be a mad TV skit. <laughs> not, he, not an SNL skit. Spanish. But, uh, speaking he's, Italian. He's Hispanic. Christopher Oaxacan. Get it? I get Oaxaca. It. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, this, I oh, man. It's... Woo. I love, I love uh, here where he's, take, he's go got ahead. Dennis Hopper sitting down. And he's minute. talking all nice to him. Then he uh, does that little walking stutter step. He gives him some of those uh, yeah. fucking weapon of choice dance moves, moves man. before he fucking clocks he's him right dance. in the nose right there. Yeah. And he gets all serious and then they're really talking about it and then there's some some threat, some some torture here. Dennis Hopper's like, all right, give me a cigarette and I'm going to tell you what you need to know. He smokes a cigarette and then he goes into Chesterfield. T- Quentin Not Tarantino's n-word monologue yeah <laughs> he says a lot of offensive stuff a lot about sicilians and black people doesn't pick his nose once if you've ever knew anything about this movie you know this fucking scene because everyone yeah. knows this fucking scene well acted but uh you know uncomfortable if this was the only time uh the the, the writer in choice <laughs> had uh wrote a script where a white guy says the n-word a bunch like you could probably be like oh yeah this is a former cop of course he's fucking racist character like this is this isn't the creators. This is this is art. It's it's a fictional character saying these things, but yeah. no, Quentin Tarantino's 
He's got a problem. Once you see, he's got a real fucking problem. Once you see Reservoir Dogs, you understand. Mm, yeah, that's right. The um, thread. Tense ass shit. If you can get through the racism here, great acting though. Uh, yeah. They end up having to torture and kill Dennis Hopper. He does not give up his son. It's Walken's first killing since 1984. Weird. I would have fucking given up my scumbag son I hadn't seen in yeah. three years in a second, especially if he's as big an idiot as this Clarence character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After they kill him, one of the goons is just like, oh, hey, look, there's a piece of paper on the fridge that says uh, Dick his idiot son's new address in L.A. at Dick Ritchie's house. That's, yeah. that's a lot of information to be on one little tiny piece of paper. Let's, let's just take this and leave. I'd like to uh, give you thanks mm-hmm. and credit for yeah. sticking with me mm-hmm. for my debut of oh, the new yeah, sure. Chris Wahawken character. Popping uh, up a lot, probably on podcasts. Well, point no, uh, the wife and I—I I was, you know, workshopping it with her, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. she she was certain you were going to no sell me on it. Mm, okay, and you didn't. So no. you know. how how could I? Yeah. It's- Great play on words you right there. You should fire her off a angry text just being like, you don't get me. She was probably just secretly ashamed as a brown person to be sitting through this exercise and was hoping that I was going to back her. And then she could be like, see, see. Oh, I never thought yeah, of it so that that's, way. That's what she was doing right there. Yeah. Let's she, double she's down. She's the scumbag. Yeah. She's the yeah. scumbag in this situation. Yeah, get her. Uh, Floyd's on the couch in the next scene right here. Fucking, uh, we're at Dick Ritchie's house. Brad Pitt's his stoner oh, roommate. Oh, hold on. He's Hold doing on. great. Before you get to the house, though. Mm, oh, okay. We get our, our, our favorite couple, you know, Slater and oh, fucking uh, right, yeah. Arquette cruising down the highway to a little. That's a great Aerosmith There was some Aerosmith on this soundtrack. I didn't really notice that because... The uh, music isn't like uh, so overpowering and annoying yeah. uh, needle drops as it would be if this was a Quentin Tarantino directed movie. So, uh, yeah, solid, solid Tarantino flick. This though. one gets a lot of, a lot of airtime yeah. though here. So there's pounding on the door. Right. Brad Pitt's two feet away from it, but yeah. he's so stoned you he can't hear it. It's, oh come on! It's hilarious, little bit. Floyd, yeah. it's a door. Michael Rappaport gets it's out. Me, Michael Rappaport opens the door to find the manic pixie dream girl in crazy multicolored leopard print outfits drinking a yoo-hoo because she's just a tiny little baby fuck doll uh, yeah. fantasy or whatever. Yay. Once again, I was just like, mm, do I like yoo-hoo? That yoo-hoo looks pretty good. She's drinking right now. Just one. Hey man, how is it? It's got to have been ten years since hey, I saw the nice hey. guys. It's probably 10 years since I tried a Yoohoo. Hey, I'm what here for you, what buddy. I'm your friend. What, are you going to bring me a Yoohoo? No, from now on, when we see these kinds of movies and you see those Yoohoos, you mm-hmm. just text me and yeah. be like, I'm thinking about getting a Yoohoo, and I'll be like, bro, you don't want Did one. you see the Yoohoos on that check? I'll text you. I'll be like, bro, you don't want, you don't want one. You don't want that Yoohoo. So uh, they're like, yo, Dick Ritchie, it's us, me and my crazy wife. Uh, how about you hop in a car and come to the... Crappy motel where we're staying, and we'll the safari room. Show you a bunch of cocaine and watch Free Jack on the TV. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm Michael Rapport's like, you got a hell of a lot of cocaine yeah. here, man. You got Free Jack. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of cocaine it's here. A scene where Rene Russo has to watch Emilio Estevez die in the fiery uh, race car accident. It's, it's so sad. It's like the beginning of the movie that starts it off on just a very exciting point right there. Yeah. You're like, where's this movie going to go from here? What Mick Jaggers in the future? Tony Scott didn't make that, did he? Yeah, so anyways, they're like, Rappaport, you're an actor. Uh, actors are drugged up scumbags. Uh, find a way to unload all this cocaine yeah. so we can get rich. And he's yeah. like, uh, I'm not really successful, 
but I do know Balky, so uh, he might know some scumbag cokeheads. Like, we'll see if Balky wants to buy it or something, I guess. And then they're like, all right, that's probably going to be a pretty boring scene when we just meet up with Balky and talk about the details of the thing. So let's do a sweet little screenwriting trick here Mm -hmm. and set it on a roller coaster for no reason so it's visually interesting. Boom, suddenly we're at Magic Mountain. It's like the fucking Encino Man montage out of nowhere. Uh, Can I ask you something? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which one came out first, this one or the Natural Born Killers? Mm, This was the first thing. Thing he sold right after Reservoir Dogs. So. No, well, he didn't do Natural Born Killers. He wrote. He wrote the, the. I like. He's got a screen. Oh, he wrote a treatment it, of it. So yeah, yeah. He's okay. definitely. Uh, I think that. Eh, I mean, that does seem like a ninety-one. If I had to remember or something, though. But parts of these movies this smack is the, the first same. script of his that what? like he wrote, other what? than Reservoir Dogs, that got made. Whenever so, yeah, I think he just like did a passover of that movie maybe whenever they're pushing like the heavy like oh these two are wacky yeah there's some real bonnie and clyde uh type type shit going sit and nancy type smacks uh, of the uh the, also uh the fucking uh badlands that uh sissy spacek martin short movie that terrence malick did especially with the narration i said that it was raising arizona earlier but, no you're thinking because uh, they were both talking like hillbillies i really think he's ripping off badlands there probably you're thinking of california with a k with oh uh, that's a good one with brad that's pitt and dave decovney yeah, excellent those two have some some on-screen chemistry why was that movie made i never saw that one i don't know i, I did. don't know what it's whole deal it. was yeah should, should, I you think it. i should probably catch up with it if yes so? okay yeah so, uh, they meet Elliot's up with Balky. He's like, uh, I know this guy, maybe, who buy it. Saul fucking Rosenberg. Yeah. Fucking sizzle chest. That's right. Yeah, so, ooh, they get off the roller coaster, and, uh... Balky pukes all over his yeah, he's, scarf. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <clears throat> We're gonna spice up a scene, have Balky Ralph at Madison. <clears throat> That's what's gonna do it. But after they get off the, uh, the roller coaster, they're talking some more. Yeah. Fucking, uh, Slater's doing that shit where he's saying, Elliot... Do I look like a beautiful blonde with big tits and an there ass that go. tastes like French vanilla ice cream? And I'm just like, uh, that is just a Tarantino line fucking to the T. Nobody could, he repeats it twice. Nobody could sound natural talking like that. Just like I, anybody other than maybe Samuel L. Jackson would yes sound like sir. a complete idiot. And yeah, Slater sounds like a fucking idiot trying to like pull this very wordy tough guy Tarantino dialogue off. I wrote it down too. Tarantino gives the old you want to fuck me speech. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so they're like, uh, anyways, they hash out all the details. Uh, fucking Saul Rubinek is going to buy all this fucking shit. Tarantino's like, closer. hey. Or no, not Tarantino. Slater, who's playing Tarantino, is like, mm. I want to talk to Daphne's husband, Lee. Mm. Get him on the phone. Yeah, just fucking, we got to get Daphne's get him on the here phone. right now. Uh, meanwhile, old Floyd is watching Free Jack as well. Yeah. And just doing bong rips. Back on. I love the way they outfitted this fucking living room, too, where he's on the couch, but, like, there's, like, pillows from his bed all over and, like, sheets all over this thing. He's got this little just disgusting stoner nest going on. Yeah. He's just wearing just, like, really, really cottony, way over-fucking-like-sized clothes that he's yeah. just swimming in, like... This is yeah. this is quite the little stoner nest he's built on this yeah. couch right here. It's I, yeah, you can smell happen. it when you're looking. They at happen. It. You could you could just smell it when you're looking at it. Uh, so 
fucking James Gandolfini shows up in his doorway. Like Gandalf? Just like, uh, hey, I'm a fucking wizard. I'm a hundred yeah. years old wizard. I'm right yeah. here in your living room, and he's too stoned to know it's weird. He's the, just going with it. The real wizardry here was he wasn't bald, fat, and out of breath. <laughs> relatively. See what I did? Relatively to where he See got. What I, well, yeah, Seven relatively. Later, for yeah, sure, yeah. but uh, he's... He's so stoned, he just gives this uh, clear hulking mafia enforcer who's coming into his house yeah. all the information he needs about uh, where his friends are and what they're doing. He's like, oh, they're over at this shitty motel. Go probably go kill them, I would imagine. Tony Soprano I'm too stoned to know what's happening polite here. about it, so, yeah. you know. It's a great little reoccurring bit here where Brad Pitt's character just keeps saving his own life by immediately giving up all information that's asked to him because he's he too couldn't stoned care to less. know any better. Yeah. He's own, in his own little world here. It's yeah. pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I also like when he uh, invites him to watch some TV with him afterwards. And Gandolfini yeah. kind of just looks at his stoner nest and is like, no, man. Fucking I'm gross. I'm, I'm out of here. And Brad Pitt gives that weird line that's like nothing else he does in the rest of this movie where he gets real serious and goes, condescend to me, man. I'll fucking kill you, man. And I'm like, what was that? That had to have been Brad Pitt just riffing, and they left it in the movie. That's weird and out of left fucking Nate, out of nowhere. Nate. What's, up, what's up with that shit? That's a little tough guy smoking some ganja paranoia right mm, there. Yeah, 100%. He finally realized at the tail end of that conversation <laughs> that something was yeah. slightly off. That guy, that guy wasn't my friend. Yeah, yeah. Back at the motor lodge... uh, fucking Slater drops off Arquette and is just like, I'm going to go get us some burgers because apparently all we do is eat burgers all day, every yeah. day. Yeah. You go back to your the room and like, I don't know, do whatever chicks do. Diddle. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll meet up in a Comb second. your hair. I'm not sure which. Fortunately, she comes home to James Gandolfini sitting in the middle of the room holding yeah. a shotgun. Right. <laughs> you never want to see that. No. You never want to come back to your room and see James Gandolfini sitting in a chair with a shotgun. No. It's not good tidings at all. Ever. Again, it, at least he didn't sound like, uh, you know. Oh, he's got a lot of physical stuff to do coming up in this scene. So this had to have been the, the best shape he was in in his entire life right yeah. here, I would imagine. That that Tony Soprano wheezing just mm. wasn't here yet. She plays it all ditzy and like she's oblivious and uh, doesn't care that he's in there at all. Good yeah. move, I think. She's, she's playing it as, as well as possible, but... There's just no getting out of this. She's a she's a real she, she's a dead woman right now. She's a real Harley Quinn type. He's doing some classic Gandolfini shit here, where yeah. he's like, uh, kind of just like seething, and you know he's about to break out into violence, but he's being real gentle about it, and uh, you just don't know when it's quite gonna happen. This this is Tony Soprano shit right here. This has got to be what got him at least in the uh, I never audition watched room that to, uh, shit. Be, uh, you know. Tremendous little show there where he does great, great work. But that little build up, I just her figured he was knocking always... her the fuck out, yeah. like caressing her cheek a little bit, and like, yeah. uh, oh, you're really asking pretty. her to do a little turn around. Oh, it's Tony Soprano punching his Russian whore Guma out of nowhere. It's, oh, spoilers. I've seen him do this all the time. Does he punch a lot of women in that show? Yeah, absolutely. He's fucking Tony Soprano. Well, I don't understand. Total scumbag. Meanwhile, you Italians go back to Clarence ordering a couple of double cheeseburgers and two orders of chili yeah. fries. And I'm just like, what's their cholesterol going to be like after five years together? These you don't know. Two? Once they hit 30, they're going to heart problems, Bro. obesity. Like it's Bro. this is where this is all going. Bro, jokes on you. Hmm. 
I'm pushing fucking 40. Yeah. And I look great. This is like 13 to 14 years of doing that shit. Everybody on this podcast has heard the noises you make when you have to get up out of this chair and fucking do anything. Shoveled the fucking snow by hand the other day. Wasn't even wasn't even heavy breathing when I was done. Wow. So I'm uh, doing great. Back to the room and Gandolfini's just beating the holy hell out yeah, of this he tiny girl. And it's real hard to watch. It's just yeah. he's a hulking man and she's tiny and this is just pure brutality. Less by Coke. You know? Less by Coke. Cut I'm back totally to Clarence and he's doing some more Tarantino talking about Elvis to some poor uninterested man bullshit yeah. back at the hamburger stand. It's yeah. like your wife's getting the holy hell beat out of her by a mountain of a man yeah. right now, dude. You need to stop talking about Elvis and get back to that motel room. Uh, she's completely concussed at this point, and he starts giving her this little threatening monologue about what it's like killing people. Yeah. You know? The first one's hard, but then like you get into it and whatnot. And she's eyeballing this Swiss Army knife, and I'm like, oh, I see what's going on in here. She's going to pocket that thing play it all like uh, sweet and uh, innocent to get close to him and then boom, right in the jugular, he's going to be dead. Yeah. No. She's an idiot. She just holds it out in front of him and threatens him with it. Yeah. little Swiss Army knife corkscrew. And he's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. She stabs him in the foot with it. That's the dumbest fucking move. Right here, this character has been so dumb in this interaction that you're kind of like, I think she kind of deserves to die right here. Yeah, narratively. a little bit. A little bit. Not played any of this clever whatsoever right bit. here. But no, she, she, this thing just in true Tarantino fashion just explodes into insane violence at Escalates this point. He, he gets heavily. stabbed in the foot, so then he just Donkey Kong chucks her like mm-hmm. into the fucking wall. It's insane. He picks her up like a fucking barrel and chucks her into a wall. She finds a loose bust like you keep behind you. Yeah, of Elvis. Uh-huh. Um, cracks him in the head with it and he no sells it and then just gives a terrifying smile yeah and throws her through the glass shower door i love i love the look she gives in response to oh, his yeah. you fucked up look this is a great fucking fight scene yeah. between these fucking people they're playing it really well and these stunt people or whoever really uh getting the shit beat out of him. yeah that's true yeah. The, not, yeah, everything's practical. No, no, no punches pulled. So she turns the tide here when it just seems like at the lowest she's covered in broken glass, bloody from head to toe in this fucking uh, bathtub, and she yeah. takes some shampoo and rubs it in his eyes. Yeah. This is some Three Stooges shit right here. He's smart, man. He's blinded and screaming from the fucking shampoo right here. Then she takes the top of the toilet, the smacks shitter. him in the head with that. Now he doesn't no sell that one. He's fucking stumbling. Yeah. Then she gives him a classic. Lighter in a hairspray gig and lights his entire head on fire. Yeah. Which is awesome. Some cool shit. You get to see a gigantic stuntman stumbling around with his whole head on fire. Here's my notes on that whole fight. You ready sure. for this? Yeah. All right. Tony Soprano says, I'll give you one shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She stabs his foot, hits his head with a bust. It's a sweet, like, white cowboy boot, if I remember correctly. I think. Yeah, he's got, like, white patent leather. Uh, stabs his foot, hits him in the head with a bust. He throws her through a shower. She binds him with shampoo, beats him with the toilet, burns his face, and shoots him repeatedly with a shotgun. Yeah. Then beats him with it for good measure. That's right. And she's screaming like a psychopath because she's completely mentally like uh, broken at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. But I think yeah. you glossed over something Thinking very about her important uncle again. When, in your little rundown oh, there. God, when she starts it? cocking that shotgun and unloading on him, she's just in a bra at this point, and those titties oh, are the jiggling jiggle? everywhere. Yeah. 
as with the recoil of that shotgun. And it, that's in like a, a very sturdy, supportive bra she's still wearing. And those things are still just all over the place. That, what a set on this broad. This is a, uh, this is very important, highly important mm-hmm. yeah. oh, because okay. from this scene on, where he tears her shirt sure, and yeah. the bra's exposed. They're just out the rest of the movie. Yes. Yeah. It's all just, mm-hmm. she's wearing like a dress. She changes her clothes it's at some point. like a sheen but of it's like just, sweat on them. Yeah. So they're like glistening for the rest of the movie. It's just that Florida white trash that she speaks of shirt barely Absolutely. covering Absolutely. the bra. Yeah. And you see everything working you're together. You're seeing everything. It's, it's all there. It's a lot of jiggle. Yeah. Slater shows up and uh, drags her and the suitcase of cocaine out of there in broad daylight. Good on it's him. Just clearly a suitcase of cocaine and a woman who's been bloodied from head to toe. I feel like even in L.A., somebody somebody would have had something to say about that. Yeah. But no, they just hop in the purple Cadillac, the least uh, conspicuous car on the road, and peel out and yeah, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, Gary. Come on. Get the fuck out of there. My next bullet point is Balky's getting roadhead. Yeah. I think that's the next thing that happens. Yeah, Balky gets sick. pulled over while getting a very Hummer. very close attention to this one, I think. Like, I'm not missing really anything in my no. notes. I don't know. No. Uh, maybe is that having the amount of alcohol I've been drinking thing that's going on? Do you yeah. think there's a correlation? Of Could that? be. Oh, you yeah. bounce around periodically. I, I kind of keep a closer track. I don't know. I don't know. But you're, you're spot on here. So Balky's coked up. He's speeding in his Porsche. He's getting roadhead from some whore. And a uh, cop pulls him over. And he's like, oh, shit. Hey, baby, you're... Probably a stupid broad. Hold this cocaine for me. So you're the one that goes down. Turns out she's been around the block. Yeah. And she's like, no, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Dumb enough to be giving Balky Roadhead some struggling actor yeah. in his dumb Porsche. Not enough to hold his fucking cocaine when there's a cop about to roll up I, on us. I like that she's like, hey, I'm blowing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm hot enough. Mm-hmm. To be blowing far more important yeah. people so than you. Fucking, I'm not going down not for this. not ending well for you. Yeah. Also, I got a pretty legit laugh at the broad physical comedy of her slapping the cocaine out of his hands and yeah. into his face, covering him in cocaine as soon as the cop showed up. It couldn't have worked, but it's Balky, man. That guy's funny. The reason why I enjoyed it is because it's going to get us to oh. two powerful oh. people. Oh. Maybe next, the maybe the real MVPs in next this movie. scene of the movie. He's arrested, of course, and he's being cross-examined by... Maybe the best never got to see them star in a project together buddy cop duo of all time. What on account of they're both dead? Tom Sizemore and Chris Penn. They're both dead, right? Sizemore's still alive, I think. Maybe not. Did he die around COVID when everybody was dying and I lost track of who was dying? No, he would have died around cocaine. Oh, oh, no, no. He got clean at one point, at least. Oh, he's still alive. Either way, Sizemore and Penn are... Fucking great! This is the greatest. I want to see ever. a TV series spinoff with these oh, guys. Yeah. Fucking, you just uh, you don't get those like seventies action TV shows anymore no. whatsoever. No. If they do, they suck and they fail. Like I'd pay for like a good three to four seasons of these guys as fucking TV cops. Chris Penn died way too soon because. There oh, yeah. needs to be an HBO Max series yeah. of these two detectives, executive producer, Quentin Tarantino, blah, blah, blah. Loved there being a chubby yin to his brother's uh, pretentious yang Thank out you. there in the world. Thank you. Nice little balance they yeah. had going. Totally thrown off. We get another F-bomb dropped in this scene as well as multiple N-words. So oh, yeah. Tarantino is just putting it on the fucking table in this yeah. screenplay right here. Also, Sizemore is clearly coked out of his mind. 
mind, oh. not as the character, but the actor. No, the Tom Sizemore, right. like he's got such jittery cocaine yeah. energy in this movie, and it's fucking great. It's great shit right here. Fucking he's screaming, calling people sissies, just yeah. laughing at everything, yeah. doing basically the Amadeus coke laugh. <laughs> For most of this fucking this movie right here, they get the fucking whole story from the chief mm-hmm. or from a uh, fucking uh, Balky. Give it to the chief. They give it all to the chief. Chief's like, "What do you guys need to make this happen?" They're like, "We want to be the ones to make the bus." Chief's like, "Fucking do yeah, it. Let's set make up the a bus, sting, dude." We already know. Sounds like a great climax to this movie. We glanced over it earlier. The details were set up when they were at the amusement park. Balky, Lee. AKA Daphne's husband mm-hmm. and our trio of Rappaport, Slater, and Arquette mm-hmm. are going to meet at whatever the fuck hotel at 3 p.m. on Wednesday to make the deal. Very exciting. Chief's like, Sizemore, Penn, put a wire on that fucking guy, Balky. get him in there. We need a wire on Balky. Scene closes with Tom Sizemore looking at the chief and saying, fucking A. <laughs> My next bullet point is that Alabama and Clarence are Wayne's worlding it at the airport. Yeah, they are. They're, they're right at the same place where Garth asked Wayne if he was ever attracted to Bugs Bunny when he put Dressed a dress on and like, played Girl yeah. Bunny. Yeah. So uh, in this scene, it's very short, and they just decide that they're gonna fly to Cancun. And yeah. Like, well, that was felt kind of tacked on there. I don't know what that was. We probably could have got rid of that scene right there. It's definitely unnecessary. Yeah. Oh, now now the movie's a so minute. You to go all the way out to that fucking airport. You know you got to get permits to shoot that close <laughs> wow. to the fucking airport, even in 93. Yeah. Oh, Satan's on your side. He is. Uh, gearing up montage after this. Bunch of mob guys are just putting together a bunch of guns to go do some shit. This is where uh, Kevin Corrigan shows up, Cousin Eddie. He's one of the goons wearing some sweet sunglasses. Yeah. Meanwhile, the cops are also preparing Balky for the big fucking sting going on. Oh, now you skipped. Now you skipped. Uh Uh-oh. They're at the airport. Uh, He's dressing her wounds, blah, blah, blah. We immediately shoot back to Rappaport and and, uh, Brad Pitt's apartment here. And this is where Floyd's giving them directions on how to get to the hotel. Yeah. And this is when Rappaport gets the phone call that is, Yo, Catherine! Yo, Catherine! Right, sure. Thank you! He lands that fucking TJ yeah, ho- he gets, hooker he gets the part. role, man. Fucking, uh, yeah. If, if he survives this movie, yeah, it's going to be a nice little story for him. Yeah. Tarantino, Tarantino script, he's not going to survive. You got to throw that in there. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, the Goombas are preparing for war yeah. here. Balky's got a tape recorder in his crotch. We learn a lot about... Uh, Sizemore and fucking Pan are just yucking it up with him at this point. Right. Like, these guys just make friends with everybody, I right. think. They're just like, hey, you're fucking a stu- our stool pigeon now. It's awesome. We'll be making some jokes and laughing. If Good I'm times. like, if I just show up at any time of uh, of the day at your mm-hmm. house and I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, we got to go hang out with Rappaport and Chris oh, Penn. Oh, yeah. Or not Rappaport. Fucking Sizemore and Chris Penn. Either way. You're not going to be upset. No, not at all. Yeah, we're going to make friends. Yeah. Well, That's what they're doing. Absolutely. They're good guys. Uh, so they show up to do the drug deal. Yeah. Uh, Balky, they meet Balky in the lobby. They go up into the elevator to uh, go into the room that the cops have staked out and bugged and everything. Yeah. Christian Slater's like, hmm, something ain't right here. I'm sensing something's off. He throws the fucking emergency stop button on the elevator, yep. which I don't think that's a thing. 
you just stop elevators yourself with a mm-hmm. button? That's, that seems dangerous. The little kids would be doing that all the time. I still can. You the little kids to. would be doing that all the time. They have the emergency stop. He pulls his fucking gun out and puts it in Balky's face. Usually calls the fire department. He's screaming immediately. like, what's going on? I don't trust you. This shit ain't right. Balky is fucking nervous to begin with. Yeah. We've established he's a coward. He starts freaking out, pissing his pants. Sizemore and Penn start doing just great work on the other end of this fucking wire. Oh, yeah. Where Sizemore is instantly just like... He's fucking bluffing you. He's bluffing you. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. And Penn's like, oh, he's going to shoot him. And he's just like. She's going to be pissed. These guys are just like instantly like laughing and just like don't give a fuck. And are just like betting whether or not he's <laughs> this guy's going to end up getting his oh, head yeah. blown off or not. Tremendous work right here. Just charisma just pouring out of. This has got to be the still charismatic addict uh, portion of Sizemore's yeah. career before he got to the desperate, violent uh, portion of his career as a drug addict. Uh, back when it was kind of fun for the whores mm, to hook mm-hmm, up with them, mm, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Before it was a chore. Fucking Sizemore is yelling, get a hold of yourself, you fucking sissy. Yeah. <laughs> and then just doing a side's like, oh, I like this Clarence guy. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> Saying what we're off. He loves everybody. This guy could be friends with anybody. Uh, Nicky Dimes or whatever the fuck his name is. We get, a uh, we get, uh, no, Dimes is, uh. Penn's character. Oh, I got uh, fucking more Floyd action here where uh, they go back to uh, uh, Brad Pitt listening to Soundgarden and taking bong rips when the, the mafia shows up. Oh, no, I just wanted to point out how, yeah. how yeah. upset Rappaport was sure, of all of Christian so. Slater's yeah, actions. Uh, we get some great Rappaport. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Fucking Pitt's, uh, Pitt's he's, he's ha- hardcore smoking it up. I like... Uh, listening to Soundgarden. Yeah, <laughs> It's just a great life. I think he's watching monster truck videos at this point, too. He's gone from Free Jack to just monster trucks. Just listening to, uh, uh, right before uh, Black Hole Sun, but not like when they were crazy speed metal sound yeah, that's right. That's right. I love the reoccurring bit here, too, where they keep talking about Sal Rubinick's uh, Vietnam movie that uh, he made that everybody fucking loves. And when they get up to the hotel room, like they're projecting it on one whole wall, of the yeah. fucking hotel. He's like, or they, they says later that it's dailies from the fucking sequel, but it's basically just the helicopter opening from apocalypse. Yeah. Now and yeah. there's just helicopter noises, like blaring through this whole hotel room. Love it feels very like uh, in the morning, little Chinese boy lighting firecrackers during the drug deal scene in boogie nights right here. It smells like all this extra shit going on. Victory. Uh, Sizemore and Penn are loving all of Saul Rubinick's quips as soon as uh, Daphne's husband comes in and starts being a coked-out movie producer. They're just like, this guy's fucking hilarious. I'm loving it. They just want to hang out with everybody at this point. I feel like they're like one step away from calling this sting off and just hanging out with all these fucking guys. They're dudes, man. Yeah, so they're they're doing the deal. They're they're talking about the terms. Uh, Right before the deal goes down, we see all the mafia guys show up at the hotel in the line. Yeah. They're in the lobby Uh-oh. now. Balky's internally freaking out during everything and just like doing some great subtle comedy acting here where he's like he is. freaking out but trying not to freak out. Laughing at the wrong he's not jokes. To freak out yeah. Yeah, just being super fucking awkward. Fucking way to go, Bronson Pinchot. Fucking gold star right there. He's a man's man. Yeah, so uh, I think the deal gets made. Sizemore is just like fucking fist pumping. Like, holy hell yeah, he just said he'd buy the drugs. Uh... Fucking, uh, it kind of gets, yeah, yeah. Slater's like, I gotta go piss, man. He goes in the bathroom. Elvis shows up again, right? And he's just like, 
everything's going according to plan, brother. Don't you worry. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Cops burst in. Yep. They have a standoff. The Salber Rubinek's two bodyguards, who, this is also a good little bit, where he's just like instantly just like, all right, take me to jail, like I give up. But his fucking psycho bodyguards are like, hell no, we're not standing down. We hate yeah. cops. We're going to kill all these fucking cops. Everybody's freaking out. Bronson Pinchot is literally pissing himself at this point. What would you say, Nate, mm. that those mm-hmm. security guards did to the cops? Uh, I don't know, Matt. What would you say that they did to the cops? I would say that they pointed mm. their guns yes. at the cops. Directly. One of those cops is... It's Tom Sizemore. Hmm? We've established Who's the other that. one? Who's the other one? Chris, Chris Penn. What doesn't he like? Don't you point that gun! He's, yeah, this... this He's on off. edge here. Stand right here. I wrote... Uh, He's on edge. Because they're on edge. They're pointing guns, but everybody's still kind of silent here until the mafia breaks into the other side of the room, and then we've got a three-way standoff, and then I just wrote, well, this scene is exactly the everybody's in a standoff with everybody's Thank end you. of Reservoir Dogs. Thank Completely you. down to fucking Chris Penn yelling, don't you point that gun! Don't you point that gun! Don't you put that gun in my fucking DM, Leary! Fucking up. So, uh, we're just waiting for the shootout to pop off, because we know at this point Quentin Tarantino is a young screenwriter with only a couple tricks up his sleeve. So, we're going to do the Reservoir Dogs ending here. Yeah. What's going to kick it off? I thought it was kind of funny that it all kicked off when Bronson Pinchot is like, Hey, cops, can I just leave? And then fucking Saul Rubinek's like, what the fuck? You're the yeah. one who fucking sold me out? Then like throw some lemonade at him or something. That was hot coffee. Hot coffee, okay. Him just throwing a drink at Balky is what causes everybody Scalding. to start blowing the fuck out of each other. He Machine throws, guns and He throws the coffee in Balky's face. Chris Penn is like, I told you not to throw that fucking coffee at my fucking right. friend, Larry. Everybody's, everybody's dying here. Gigantic shootout. There's, <laughs> I told you, told you not to throw that coffee at my fucking from, friend, Larry. From the pillows floating everywhere. It feels very... Uh, that big shootout scene and face off to me right there is what's going Balky, on. Balky, Larry, everybody's yeah. everybody's dying. Uh, Alabama's on the floor screaming. Fucking Balky screaming. Pretty much everybody everybody dies here except uh, old fucking Christian Slater who's in the bathroom during all of it. Yeah, and Chris Penn who's like the last man standing. Pretty much. But he walks over and gets all cocky and is going to like fucking execution style. Old blonde ponytailed bodyguard. Does Sizemore get wasted? Sizemore does because he's just like, you fucking killed Sizemore. A fucking, and the guy's like, I'm bleeding. Take me to an ambulance. And he's like, you can wait for the morgue to arrive. And he's like, pow, pow. Oh, yeah. And then Patricia Arquette has a gun on the other side of the room right. on the floor. She blows away Chris Penn. Yeah. So he fucking eats it. He's got to. Everybody's fucking dead. Uh, at some point, Slater runs out and takes a bullet to the head. Yeah, fucking Chris Penn pops I guess, him. yeah, that must be why she's shooting him at this point. That is she why. She watched him get fucking shot in the head, and she's like, oh, no, my Elvis-loving dork husband just yeah. got shot in the head. Yeah. He's dead. Now I'm a stone-cold killer, motherfucker. He hasn't even tried to fuck my feet yet. No, it's coming. It was in the alternate ending that uh, mm-hmm. Tony's got changed mm-hmm. like a cuck. Fucking loser. He's afraid of love. Rough rough way to go out, getting killed by a crying hot chick. He jumped off that bridge because he never understood true love. Turns out she's sobbing over old Christian Slater there, and uh, he wakes up. 
Yeah. Because, Matt, we're going to do the Wayne's World super happy diddly, ending here. Diddly, diddly. Not only did shooting, getting shot in the head not kill him, yeah. they're going to be able to just pick up the big suitcase full of money and casually uh-huh. walk out of this hotel room doing all this chaos because everybody who would know who they are is <sighs> dead, so nobody's watching out. They fucking they walk right out of the place, go down to old Mexico. Mm. Old Mexico way. Mm. Mm. Slater's wearing a pretty cool eye patch at this point. We learned yeah. that I guess he lost his eye yeah. when he got shot in it. Uh, we get some more raising na- Arizona narration okay. right here. I'm just like, okay. yeah, okay. not working for me again. The accents suddenly not working for me again. He looks like Captain Ron, kind of dancing mm. around on that beach and mm. just like an open shirt with his eye patch going. It's yeah. beautiful. We yeah. learned they have a little boy named Elvis. So he's not crazy for talking to himself. He's no. just talking yeah. to his future son. Mega happy ending that right there. Was... Fucking. Apparently Tarantino had them both die at the uh, end of oh. his script, and then Tony Scott changed it. And when he saw the movie, he was like, for Tony Scott's version of it, I think this ending works better, which is intriguing to me. Hmm. What does he mean by Tony Scott's? I don't know. What else, what else was in here that hmm. he thinks his ending would have been more appropriate with them getting killed? How much could Quentin Tarantino have ruined his own movie? Good question. Maybe we'll uh, talk about that a little bit after we take a break here. I've got a big question for you. We've got a big teaser going in there. Uh, but first, listen to some coming attractions, see what we're going to do in the month of whatever comes after this month. Who knows? And then True Romance will enter Judgment Day! My name's Gideon McCluskey. You know why I'm here, don't you? I said, you know why I'm here, don't you? You know why Gator's here, don't you? He's here to run a little whiskey. Don't be in trouble now. He's here to have a little fun. I don't believe in fooling around now. (laughs) (laughs) He's here to give the law a run for its money. Burt Reynolds is Gator McCluskey. He hits the screen like a bolt of white light, and he's going to get you right between the eyes. White light, rated PG. Burt Reynolds calls himself Bandit One. I put the pedal to the metal. I'm 10 10 on the side. Jerry Reed calls himself Bandit Two. We don't really have to cook. And Jackie Gleason, as Sheriff Buford T. Justice, calls them a whole lot worse. I gotta barbecue y'all! <laughs> Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed, and Jackie Gleason in Smokey and the Bandit. Rated PG, and that's a Big Ten for good, buddy. At theaters everywhere, check your local newspaper. I feel like this is where we're like, Hey, join us tomorrow when our guests are blah blah blah. Oh. Like if you're doing the Tonight Show yeah. or anything like that. You know? I don't. I don't think anybody would want to hey, come on this podcast. Just some people have threatened to, but uh, Tom Rock's the only person with the stones yeah. to have uh, come come through here. And if we haven't told him no, yeah, that's just what does that tell clearly you? Clearly, no standards. Anybody's welcome. Well, Matt, you teased a big question before the break that you that you had for me. Are you going to lay it on me now, or Nate? Yeah, sure. When our beloved duo of this film mm-hmm. leaves the hotel, Slater and Arquette, okay, they have what does Christian Slater have in his hand? Mm, the, the briefcase. The briefcase. 
full of the cocaine. Nay, nay. Oh. Rappaport throws the suitcase full of cocaine into the air. It gets shot up a million times over. Oh, okay. He gets the briefcase. Not paying attention to that. That Daphne's husband, Lee, Mm -hmm. hands him before he goes to the bathroom. Well, the they're, when they're leaving the hotel at the very end. At yeah, the very yeah, yeah. End. yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the one yeah, full yeah. of money. Right. That we're talking about when, after she got the shit beat out of her by full Gandolfini. Of, quote unquote money. Do sure, we ever right, right. do we ever really see money? No, we don't. Which see leads so, oh. us to the question. Are you talking Tarantino Tarantino theories fans here? ask. Oh, those fucking dweebs. Is it oh, the drug money? Out. Oh, come on. Or is it the contents mm-hmm. of the briefcase? Oh no. In Pulp Fiction. I hate that. No, that's the worst. It's which are, not what it is. Which is really, you know what they suppose it is. What, what, what is it? Marcellus Wallace's soul? No, no, he no. sold to the devil, and now he's getting it back because he's no, got no, a no, Band-Aid. No, no. And I've, I've read all the dumb things. No, 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 no. A lot of fans mm, claim. What are they claiming? It's that Spider-Man number one that oh. he wanted to show her at the beginning of the film. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you haven't heard that one? No. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing I've ever yeah. heard in my life. I don't know why, but could've some just, folks yeah, think. Yeah, the keys to that place. They could have just stole that thing right off when they were skipping town. Yeah. Not, yeah. Judgment Day is unfortunately where we go out to the internet yeah. and we see what dum-dums like this have there to you go. the movies we fucking watched. That's a segue. Get some one Ninja Star reviews. I get some five Ninja Star reviews. We read them. We get some bullshit reviews talk about them from and, you, the uh, fans. Um... <clears throat> And we decide how we feel about the movie. I drink all the bourbon. Matt, I got uh, yeah. uh, all of my reviews from IMDb this this week because anywhere else I was just Don't know how I feel about One that. Ninja Star reviews that were like people disgusted by the racism and the violence and oh, like get five Ninja yourself. Star reviews of just like Tarantino film buff fan idiots trying to like talk all yeah. fancy and I was like none of that's entertaining to hear so I mean I got a place in my heart for both I want some some alternate perspectives on this let me dig a little deeper and IMDB is going to be good for that yeah. hear what somebody else has to say not the usual suspects my first IMDB is where what like, the salt, the, oh, salt where the, the salt of the earth. Where the people, people that don't really people. understand movies go yeah, to talk, go to about, talk movies. about movies it's nothing better Speaking of which, yeah, Ijovica is our first IMDb user. Yeah, that's uh, Jovica. that's Slater's girlfriend One in cuffs. Yeah, here. yeah, it's great. She's gorgeous in that movie. Yeah. Slightly underaged. It looks yes. like vomit. It smells like vomit, but it isn't vomit. What is it? True romance. Oh, cinematic piece of puke. Wow. Ten eat. Twenty chew. 30 digest, what? 40 vomit, 50 goto, 10 someone mean? mentioning all those actors? Not for a single moment. I saw characters they're playing. I don't know what any of that means. I it's got just, just gibberish. Wow. It's fucking crazy gibberish. I don't know what to mean. Only obnoxious Slater, slutty Arquette, bogus Brad, and all those wash-ups. This is not... Pulp Fiction. Oh. It's not, yeah. Only Hopper is left unscathed by director's wielding shotgun. Maybe that's because he seems only normal person in this movie. Say what? Movie wow. where Dennis Hopper is the sanest person? 
That's fair. Just watch and look how screen melts from far over the top acting. If someone thinks that's supposed to be cool, I didn't get the joke. Well, I'm glad I didn't. Just like I'm glad I don't, quote unquote, dig Rocky and Rambo movies. Oh, now you lost My cat's hairball is more artistic than true romance. (laughs) Yuck. What an interesting user. I Miljovovich. Really? Yeah. Really started to sway me until those Rocky and Rambo comments. Left turn out of nowhere. That's that's a leftist term. Turn. Right there. This, this next one, Ninja Star Review, I got might be from a Russian bot. I don't know. It's uh, the IMDb, last one was user TR83496, which just doesn't seem like that's what you'd choose for yourself if you were choosing a username. I don't know. No, that's but their breadline number. Let's see what this completely not Russian bot has to say about true romance. Tom Robsamovich, breadline number 12789. They say. Taron Tantino begins his rush at notoriety by condemning millions of young people to fans and some to followers. Uh Uh-huh. His genius could better have been turned toward fascinating youth, toward taking the new technology, toward the power of truth and goodness. Yeah. One Ninja Star from IMDb user TR83495. He could make his film powers to be known about great Russian leaders. Weird stuff there. Matt, some people loved this movie. It probably comes as no surprise to you with all the pedigree all over it. Eventually, this thing's bound to become a cult hit. I've got a five Ninja Star review here from an IMD user named Smells underscore like underscore cheese. Smells like cheese. That's what I suggested that uh, Tarantino smelled yeah, like. Cheap cheese. Because he's covered in hooker feet most of the time. No. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> Smells like cheese says, I was watching I Love the 90s on VH1. They mentioned true romance. Uh-huh. And this movie looks so cool. Okay. It has been stuck in my head. I went to my local blockbuster and guess what? What is it? They didn't have it. Oh. What? That was a very sad moment for me because this movie just couldn't get out of my head. What year was this? Then finally, I discovered another blockbuster that carried it. Yay! I loved True Romance. Times were different. (laughs) What a difference. This movie has the biggest all-star cast I have seen in a while. Christian Slater, Christopher Walken, Brad Pitt, Dennis Hopper, Gary Oldman, etc. Amazing. They all had these cool parts that they made from them theirs. Yeah. Basically, Christine Slater and Patricia Arquette have this kind of twisted but sweet romance. Okay. When they marry each other, Christine Slater tries to get Patricia's things, but instead ends up over half a million dollars of Coke that would make Scarface say, wow, that's a lot of Coke. Wow, what a cocaine. Their whole lives take a big turn for the worse. The story is unforgettable, and the speech between Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper, I will never forget it. On account of the racism. This was one of the coolest speeches in cinematic history. Oh. I would highly recommend this movie to anyone. I'm going out to buy it right now. I am not joking, folks. I don't care how many sun coasts I have to go to. <laughs> this is a terrific movie. Please, also, we should work on getting this in the top 250. Of? Five Ninja Stars. Yeah. I guess of IMDb. I don't know. IMDb like, clearly, like, that's that's not in the top 250 these days. Yeah, 
I was going to poo-poo. There's so many Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings movies at this point. I was going to poo-poo all over that thing. So many Marvel fucking dork movies. And once that person went out of the way to be like, I drove to two blockbusters, (laughs) I was like, you're you're good, man. I can't break out of you. Quite a a fancy-ass town you live in where you got two blockbusters. Wow, that's tremendous. I'm thinking this... This cat was like fucking 16 to 18 years old, nothing better to do. And it's like, my town don't yeah. got it. I got nothing better to do. Was, I'll drive 20 minutes. This was, I, the, I love the 90s era of VH1. So Blockbusters had to have been disappearing. Like, oh, it was at, like, I at love some the 90s. point. At some point, like, yeah. like, they weren't all the way gone, but they had to have been disappearing. Oh, you might be a bullshitter and shit talking oh, and putting in bullshit artists. Bullshit artists. <laughs> Thank you. Call him out, Nate. Matt, there's a tour de force uh, review I want to end it with here. This Thank is, you. Uh, five Ninja Star review from IMDb user Luisito Joaquin Gonzalez. Christopher Joaquin? Who says, no, different guy. Okay. Uh, because he starts off by saying, yeah. You may have seen my reviews scattered over the internet as Luisito Joaquin Gonzalez. Yeah. This is not a review, so to speak. Okay. This is just a few words on this great movie. Oh. Tony Scott was not an elite director, but he could and did make the odd top movie. It's possible I could direct True Romance with Tarantino's script. That's true. But either way, Scott was at the peak of his powers here. Oh. The movie contains love, mafia, drugs, great dialogue, and one of the best shootouts ever put to celluloid. Perhaps what makes the movie elite is the Sicilian scene. Oh. Whilst the scene cannot be considered as quote-unquote racist, as it's praising the Moors, it's not at all. It's just a snapshot of a time when movies were were not politically correct. That will never happen again! The 70s, the Mm. 80s, and the 90s were the best cinema only because they weren't living by woke guidelines. That's true. No one was offended back then. It was just a better time. Huh. True Romance was one of the last great movies. (laughs) Ten years later, things started going downhill and cinema will never recover. The film invokes my memories of wild romantic adventures of my youth. Wait, what happens in this movie does happen in reality and happened to me twice and I'm only 40. Is this Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> Christian Slater is at the peak of his acting ability in okay. this feature. Whilst never an accomplished actor, he has a strong screen presence and he is able to dominate the screen as would a Jack Nicholson. <laughs> He's doing a cut-rate Jack Nicholson impression. Come on, man. Always. Brad Pitt, a superb actor, basically plays himself as a stoner. Whilst Bronson Pinchot, Tom Sizemore, Chris Penn, James Gandolfini, Chris Walken, Dennis Hopper, Val Kimmer, Patricia Arquette, Michael Rappaport, Saul Rubinek give career best performances in supporting roles. It's surprising Scott wasn't praised higher for his work here. The soundtrack, the direction of the actors, it's all too notch. meant top notch, certainly. All of it. This is one of the greatest movies ever made, and I mean ever made. Oh. If you haven't seen it, I envy you. Get it now. Five Ninja Stars from famous film critic and fucking youthful adventurer, yeah. Luisito Joaquin Gonzalez, who probably oh. was close to directing this movie, I would assume. I'm also not convinced is not Quentin Tarantino. 
also might be Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Matt, I think I'm going to try to call Tom Rock right now. Okay. See if we can get him on the line. Yeah. He mentioned wanting to do a call in on this, but uh, it's just fucked up. I got called into work, so but, we had you, to push it up a little bit. I wasn't you, able to, to to schedule that. We'll see if he's around. Hold on, don't hit the dial yet. Okay. I haven't even found my phone app. Yet, oh, okay. So don't don't we gotta, worry about it, bro. We got to do some studio magic. Hit the pause. I got to piss. There's no way I'm going to make it through a Tom Rock phone okay. conversation. <laughs> pause it. <laughs> Okay, unplanned call here. Let's uh, see if we can get him on the horn. <sighs> it's a hard this, get. See how this works. It's here. a hard get. So that's a speakerphone. <coughs> oh, here, we hear it. We can hear it. Hello. Hello, Thomas. Is Tom- your refrigerator running? <laughs> What's going on? Tom, Tom Rock, it's uh, Matt O and Nate Adams from Baby Oil and Blow. Yeah, you asked me if my fridge were, arrived, but I not a fridge, but I have like one, two, three, five, six, like eight other packages. Oh, wow. Well, what did he get? Maybe you can assemble a refrigerator out of all the stuff, yeah, the components there. Pretty much. So uh, how's it going on there at the studios? Uh, pretty good. Uh, sorry for the short notice, but we had to uh, push push our recording of this up uh, a little bit earlier than we needed to. So I'm glad we can get you on the horn here. Yeah. We're, uh, we're at the ending of our podcast here where we're giving our final thoughts and our rating of true romance this is a film you're familiar with i understand oh that's an all-time favorite okay we just wanted to before we mm. chimed in here what does T- tom rock love about this movie maybe you can sway our ratings here by uh running down some true romance for us i haven't heard anything worthwhile yet tom wow. so uh you know <laughs> i like the whole thing i like the uh I don't know. I just I, I've always done that flick ever since I first saw it. I don't I, I don't know. I'm not good with my words right now. Uh, uh, the violence. I like the story. See, I like. The, I, was, uh, I was telling you all this, Matt. The violence and the story. These are all good things. True. This is true. The, the love story to it. The 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 fact that they're both psychos, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and, do, uh, do you think it gets props for being sort of a Tarantino movie, but not shot by him, so you don't have to look at dirty feet through most of the movie? I guess I'll give you that. I don't mind the dirty feet, though. <laughs> nice, Tom. Nice, Tom. <laughs> no, I like it. It's totally a Tarantino flick, man. Like, uh, I mean, he wrote the motherfuckers. He, I understand that he didn't direct it. Indeed, you know? yeah. Tom. Tom. You can, you can see where it's broken. You can totally tell how it would be. Uh, like, uh, if he directed it, though, like, it is only, like, split it up into, like, the out-of-sequence, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, for sure. He uh, definitely, I think he said that's the one thing Tony Scott changed, other than not killing them at the end. It also was, of course, because that's all he could do at this time. It was out-of-sequence in his fucking script. What what, what, a, what a clown. He dies at the end because, uh, yeah. She's not supposed to die because she ends up with, uh, uh, what's his fuck? Mr. White. Uh, Michael Madsen? That's War Dogs. Isn't that Mr. White? No, Sizemore. Harvey Keitel. No, Harvey Keitel. What's this guy talking about? Guy fucking shot me, Larry. Are you talking about more Quentin Tarantino fan fiction of where they think, uh, do you think that the suitcase they take at the end is the suitcase from Pulp Fiction? 
No, in Reservoir Dogs, they say he when he went at Harvey Keitel's first meeting with uh, uh, Lawrence Tierney or whatever his fucking oh, name is. He's here. like, oh, what have you been up to? He's like, oh, I'm you still with Alabama? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Oh, shit. That's a pretty direct correlation. Nice work. Nice work, Tom Rock. This is good. I haven't seen Reservoir Dogs in a lot of years. Never remember hearing that. That's one of those major tie-ins. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, dog. Give us more. Give us some of that real Tarantino shit. So anyways, I'll give you my bullet rating. Oh yeah, sure. What 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 do you what I do you think? Solid, I give it a solid five bullets. Five! Holy shit! Oh, Matt's calling ham. <laughs> five bullet rating for true romance. Badass, dude. You got everything in this, so it's great. I like the comic book references. Okay, well, uh, I guess Matt, it's time for you to give your rebuttal. What are your final thoughts and your uh, ninja star rating here of true romance? Uh, true romance. By the Quentin Tarantino's and Dead Guy Scott. Mm-hmm. I saw this movie. It was a pretty good movie. This guy named Quentin wrote it. He did a bunch of stuff where I was like, ah, Quentin, leave mm. yourself out of it, bro. Mm. Quentin, leave yourself out of it, bro. But like a lot of it was good. But I was like, ah, Quentin, don't do that, Quentin. Um, three bullets. Three ninja stars. Ninja bullets. Yeah, ninja bullet stars. Maddo. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes Quentin don't do too Quentin. Uh, I guess it's left to me to be the deciding vote then. Uh, we got a five. We got a about, three. Uh, true romance here. Uh, I enjoy this movie. I think it's a fun ride. Mm. I love the Tony Scott aesthetic to it. It's classic action movie aesthetic. Blood squibs. Everything's gritty looking. You don't get movies that look like this anymore. That's fair. Some classic Tarantino over-the-top violence, which I enjoy. And classic lines, dude. There's, there's some, some chiller, classic lines here. Killer characters. I'm not what they call in Florida white trash. I'm a good That's person. True. I think I my question about this movie is, it, it never addresses the fact that uh, Clarence is mm. one of the worst people in the world. He's just an idiot Real sociopath. who makes selfish, dumb, sociopathic decisions that gets everyone he knows killed. Right. And it doesn't have him reckon with that or address that. No, he just gets a kid. For even a second. So I, wa- I-, I have to wonder, Tarantino's yeah. ending, where he dies, is it more appropriately addressing what a scumbag this guy was? Uh. Or is this the case of Tarantino... A young filmmaker not thinking about stuff like that, whereas modern Tarantino, an older, wiser filmmaker, Flush it out would a have made more. a more interesting film that yeah. uh, explored the moral ambiguity of all the things going on here. I think this could have been if modern Tarantino had sat on this script for a long time and rewrote it a bit. And once upon a time in Hollywood, he could have made it yeah. maybe a, a five ninja star movie, could which it? Tom Rock already thinks is so. I guess we're splitting hairs there. Fun ride, no depth to it. Just a popcorn movie. I'm going three and a half. Oh. Three and a half Ninja Stars. You're going to allow it? Tom Rock's not too upset with what we're saying about this movie here? There's sort of like uh, his, uh, well, didn't he write Fuck Born Killers before he wrote this? That's what we were debating earlier. I can't read that one. He definitely, like, yeah, has a credit on that, but. 
They're had, basically like fucking Mickey and Mallory, dude. There's yeah. no redeeming quality to those assholes either. He's that got like screenwriting credits, so I don't think it, the nuts and bolts of that one was his. I think he just kind of did a rewrite to gussy it up a little bit. But yeah, definitely some some Mickey and Mallory, uh, Bonnie and Clyde type mm. energy going mm. on here for fucking sure. And dude, you got you got to give props to uh, to Val Kilmer too. Hey, Val Kilmer, one hundred percent. Matt gave him his due props by doing a very offensive yeah. uh, impression of him talking now with throat cancer. You're really gonna enjoy it tomorrow when you hear it, Tom. I love you, Clarence. Always have. Always will. <laughs> Coming up, Tom Rock. Uh, we think you might be interested. We got we got a little event planned next month for uh, the podcast here, Baby Oil and Blow. Oh. It's, uh, it's March, right? It's February. 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 Yeah. February. Okay. Yeah. We're done with New Year, oldest profession. We're moving on. We're celebrating the birth of another great dead man mm. who we referenced earlier, Burt Reynolds. It would have been his birthday sometime. We're doing yeah. four of his flicks. Happy Burt's Day all oh, February long have a birthday. here on the podcast. Oh, you got to talk about Archer then, too. What the fuck? That cartoon? Yeah. What's that got to do with the Burt Reynolds? Yeah, what's that got to do with the Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds dates his mom. Burt Reynolds dates Archer's mom. Like they really Fucking get Burt Reynolds? Yeah. Dig into some of that. Oh, that's kind Probably. of a good get. Yeah, that's a good get. Well, for sure. shit. Dig out your fucking uh, Burt Reynolds movies and uh, dust up on your Archer because uh, next month it's fucking Happy Birthday on Baby, Baby Oil and, and Blow. Blow. Stay single. <laughs> it's a long road when you're on your own. And it hurts when they tear your dreams apart. Use a friend.